Blog Talk Radio. I go to 
the uh, parade every time we if we win. I'm God bless. I'm gonna be at the parade. Okay, so we went to the parade in Kansas City, and I'm gonna talk about the parade. Listen. The day, I mean, because we, we usually what we do is we check into uh, what we've been doing the last few years is checking into a hotel because it's so much easier when you're downtown. You know, my family, my my family doesn't live that far from downtown. A lot of my family, but I, I, I prefer to, you know, stay in the downtown area. And this time, because last year we had made a decision because we're always at the rally all the time at the rally. But last year we said, no, we're not going to do the rally this year. We're going to do the parade route. Okay, so we, we decide, so where all the action where you guys saw all the commotion and everything go on, we would have been there. As a matter of fact, one of my good girlfriends, Stella, was down there because we was talking, we was communicating <laughs> that morning, and she she was there with her family, and they were at the route. They were, I mean, not the parade route. They were at the, down at the, um, uh, um, the actual at the rally, and that's normally where we are, but we were not at the rally this year. We went to the route, and it was great because, listen, let me tell you, it was the one that bit. Listen, my hotel, the hotel was bomb. It was like too. I didn't have to. I didn't see no porta potty. I only had you know because my hotel was right up the street from where I was at. I had a tent. <laughs> I was prepared to that tent. Uh, my cheap chairs, everything. Oh my God! It was and you, everybody that came out because we got we got out early. We had to get out like about three. I mean, we we had to come out to you know stand and get at the parade route probably about three thirty four in the morning. Listen, everybody. It was about thirty of us, and it was people scattered all along the street downtown. You know, cause people were coming out. People was out like ten, eleven for the parade. Okay, but in our area, it's about thirty people or something like that. And everybody was like looking at me, loving that tent. I was like, that was smart. <laughs> but I got the idea because I saw other people at the parade. My first year at the parade, I saw people with the uh, tent, uh, uh, with a tent out, out there. The first year when it was really freezing, like out there, and people had. To, I said, Oh my God, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do the individual tents. <laughs> Now, I didn't have to do it last year because my hotel was right there at the parade thing. But this time my hotel was a little bit up the street because I was on a parade route, but it was still closed. But, I, you know, I didn't want to be didn't, you didn't walk back and forth too much. We didn't have to. So it was great. Okay, so, listen, the day started beautiful. Everybody around us, listen, our crew was so cool. Most of the people were cool. I had this cool white guy next to me. It was cool with everybody around. We had a great – our experience at the Super you know, we were right there to pray. They getting off the buses, Patrick, everybody, like right there, coming through, shaking our hands. The players getting off the bus, they was happy. They was, they was toe up from the flow up. <laughs> you know, every, it, was, it was a fun day. It was a nice day in Kansas City. It was sunny. It was kind of warm. This is probably the warmest Super Bowl day I have ever seen uh, since that you know since we've been having Super Bowls. And we're gonna have one next year too. I see it right now. We're gonna three peak. We're gonna be first one three peak. <laughs> but um, yeah, so 
we get back, when we get back to our room, we had a smooth thing going back to our room and everything like that. But as soon as we get back, because we're getting, we're not down by the rally, so we're on the parade route. So as soon as everybody passes, a lot of people start walking down towards the rally with the players and stuff. We didn't. We go back to our hotel, you know, uh, uh, and we wanted to watch. We was going to watch a rally on TV. And that we watched the rally. The rally was funny. It was fun. Uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, chaos. We just saw all the cat. We were like, oh, my God, what is going on? We could see people from our hotel room window, you know, put cops running. We could see all kind of – it was crazy, okay? So we didn't know what was happening. We really – nobody really knew what was going on. Unfortunately, it was a shooting uh, uh, there in um, – at the parade, and listen, we've had three parades. This is the first one where we ever, and the parade was over. The parade was completely over, and this tragedy happened. So sad because my the radio station my grandparents used to work at for many years, KKFI, my grandparents had a, a big-time gospel show on there. There was a young lady who had a, a show called to- Toast of, uh, I forget the name of it. To- to- uh, oh, let me look it up. Uh I'm going to look this up. I don't want to get it wrong. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was uh, Laura, uh, can you look at facts to be sure? Her name was Elizabeth Lopez Galvin. Uh, she died at the shooting at the parade rally, uh, and 22 other victims were injured. And I'm going to talk about this in a minute, okay? But uh, um, she uh, she was a, a host at, at the same radio station my grandparents were for years. Uh, and at that, that radio station has different – they have different uh, things. Like on the weekends they have like uh, – like uh, Latin music sometimes during the week, certain times during the week, and then they have um, reggae sometimes. And then my grandparents they did the gospel weekend, the weekends for gospel and stuff like that. So, and then there was blues shows <coughs> and stuff like that. And I remember my grandparents. It was this show they used to come on like when they my grandparents first started doing it. My grandparents had a really popular show, and when my grandparents first started doing the show, this is hilarious. The sidebar though. My grandparents first started doing the show at KKFI. They used to have uh, this, like, kind of hip-hop show that would come on beforehand, like before them. And they were real good friends with my grandma. And I don't know if I've told this story out here before, but it's so funny. But this is a sidebar from this other story. I'm going to get back to the other story because it's a funny story to tell. But my grandparent, my grandmother used to love Erica Badu, uh, Tyrone, right? And so she calls up the young men who do the hip hop show, and they play all kind of hip. They play hip hop and R and B. She calls them up, say, "Yeah, you know, play, play Tyrone for me." They're like, "Hi, Miss Boo, you know, we got you or whatever." She's like, "Thank you or whatever." So my grandma just driving in, and I used to be the person that answered their phones and stuff like that because it'd be crazy. Like they phone, my grandparents had like they, I mean, they be getting all kind of requests because they, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd just be nuts or in there. So I, my grandmother and we were the only way they drive into the thing. And so my remember, my grandmother hosts this gospel show. She does gospel on the weekend. <laughs> and so 
the young men come and say, yeah, you know, Miss Ruby just called us up from the gospel train. We love her. She wanted us to play this song for her, one of her favorite songs. Call Tyrone, Miss Ruby just going after you and all this stuff like that. All of a sudden it comes out. I'm getting tired of your shit. <laughs> I'm like, my was like right before I got <laughs> My grandma said, oops. <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. And some of the people, like, it was so funny that morning when we was there. Some of the people that were called, like, that was called here, they were all, like, joking. Like, your grandma was playing. She going to play Tyrone or whatever. It was just, but it was hilarious. But KKFI was that kind of family at that time. People, it was just people who would do with different shows that connected with each other and brought together these pro- programming for uh, this FM radio station. And uh, she was one of the hosts for that radio station, Tosta Tejada, I think, or what she did, um, uh, Latin music, I believe. I'm not sure. But uh, it's so sad. uh uh, it's very sad, and there was a. I think that back when we were there, I don't know if she was there when we were there, but there was a number of uh, Latin hosts. So, we, it, but it was KKFI was like a big like family, and different people played different things, and you know that created the programming for that show. So it's very sad what happened to the young lady. Uh, oh man, and she was the only one. And the thing was, you know, it was people. It was not a mass shooting. See, because a lot of these reporters. Let me just say something. This is I hate to turn it into political prayers for everybody who was injured in that uh, situation. Prayers for uh, uh, the lady's family who lost, who lost their family, lost their uh, her family who lost her this uh, last week. It is such a fun event. It was such a great event. It's just so sad. Prayers and comfort to them. But let me just say this, okay? Agendas. We live in a time. That is so, I call it the deception time. It's like a, the, the time of great deception, you know. I, even me, I was like, I was telling uh, some people how I noticed all the 13s around. Yes, I saw all the 13s around. Because 13, like 13 can be a good number, right? But if you know anything about, you know, like the occult, 13 is a cultic number. But it can be, it also can be a good number, right? But I noticed all the 13s around. So I, I was knowing something might kind of be crazy with this. And, you know, uh, just numerology-wise and beforehand around the Chiefs games. If, I don't know if you guys, we talked about last week, uh, during the chief game, three men were killed. It's just a strange thing, frozen to death. Three chief fans after a chief game at their person's house, and they were learning more about this case uh, they have in the last few weeks or something. Some people think drugs were involved and stuff like that. But a lot of strange things going around, okay? So let me just say this about what I believe. I believe we live in a time where I know people – some of my conspiracy theorist people out there, and please don't get offended, okay? I entertain conspiracy theories because you know why? Some shit be for real. Truth is stranger than fiction. But a lot of conspiracy theorists think, you know, people out here, you know, trying to set false flag attacks, or, you know, uh, uh, and things like that. For those of you who don't know what a false flag attack is, you can look it up. But what I found very interesting about this one is because they, at first they had, no, like, there was, it was so weird. At first, they didn't know if people had been shot, if people had been uh, uh, 
hurt running from the thing, and we still really, now they're saying 22 people got shot, but it took them a long time to say that and everything. And it's, what I mean by a false flag attack, my personal opinion is I feel like some people were getting ready to try to use this horrible situation and politicize it at the uh, parade and politicize it like it was a mass shooting and trying to make it um, – uh, a thing for gun control, okay, or to stop gun control, to stop gun control. And, and you got people today with so many agendas, so many craziness, instead of just really seeing it for what it was, it was people, it was somebody down there who was acting a fool and who was crazy, and they all start arguing and fighting with each other. And listen, if you've been at the parade, and the, at, the parade um, at the rally, it can be a little ticky because it be around you, people around you drinking and everything like that. Even my good friend, she got she got to a fight last year. She, you, it's so funny because she's in the middle of the we I, we. I watch all the sports shows. I love like uh, <laughs> First Take and uh, uh, Speak. I forget Speak uh, with Nick on it. I forget what the name of it is. But on his show last year, she's on the show. Like she's in the show. Like they're talking in the background, and you can see her hitting somebody. <laughs> Beating up somebody because a girl got drunk is like peeing, you know, and she and it, it kind of got on her. And I mean, there that was the fight that suited. But I'm just saying that's how crazy sometimes certain parts of it be. So when you put on people who drinking and stuff like that, and it was so many police presence, I don't know how what was going on on that side because where we were at, we saw all kind of policemen. As a matter of fact. Where we were at at the parade, the police were having a good time. We were like everybody was throwing footballs and frisbees, and the police was throwing back with us, and they was laughing, and everybody. It was like a great time. Oh my God! I just and it's just so sad. It ended. I felt so sad for the Chiefs because, you know, you work so hard. Um, to do something so special for you, and it's, it's, it's not just, you know, just the specialness of it, but it's the specialness of it for the city and how it affects so many kids out there, so many young people, so many people excited because Kansas City, if you know anything about it, it's a little Midwest, Midwestern city, uh, you know, Twin City is country. <laughs> it's boozy country. We the boozy to St. Louis is country. <laughs> But I mean, you know, it's a very, uh, 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 I call it, it. I always laugh and say the spirit of mediocrity role runs over the city. That's always to me been a spirit in the city. So when you have suddenly a winner mentality and winning things happening within the city, like you know, you have this team suddenly starting to win and starting to do teaching people about the spirit of winning. Of course, there are going to be uh, things, and I look at it spiritually. Y'all say, it's just a football game. Yes, it is just a football game, but it's also, it does something to uplift the energy of the city, and it does something to uplift the energy of the people in the city. And so when that is happening, when you're trying to fight an old spirit of not winning or mediocrity and stuff like that, something always comes to spiritually to fight you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not surprised that something try to come and dampen that energy. Um, some evil try to come and dampen the energy of feeling like, you know, 
of the city having this winning energy, okay? And trust me, it is a spirit over that city of mediocrity. Trust me, I grew up in it. I know, okay? But it, it but it's the, the Chiefs winning, that affects the whole city and how the city feels and the energy of the city and the possibilities for the city and all kinds of things, okay? So it, it, it has a huge effect on it. So I'm very sad that that happened, Um I have my thoughts on it. I'm gonna wait for a while to start talking about, you know, because <laughs> some of y'all won't be, y'all don't, y'all ain't gonna Alex Jones me out here for talking about conspiracy theories. But I will just say this: that we have to be careful to not politicize things. People are crazy in this world, and it's unfortunate that somebody has, as, as it seems like that somebody has nice and it's, well it seems like i don't know who she was but it seems like as wonderful as that young lady was and what she was doing in her life had to run into that energy that day it's just terrible and that's not something my personal opinion is when people have it's not a gun control problem because guns don't get up and walk and, and shoot themselves the problem is with people's heart i always say people's heart is messed up and, it's, and I heard what it was, it was a dispute among several parties, what it happened. It was a dispute among several parties. Two people had been arrested and indicted, uh, but it was a dispute among several parties, and people got to shooting, not being cognizant. All right, and I bet they didn't even get who the fuck they was trying to get. That's what pissed me off. You know, that's what used to piss me off about <coughs> drive-by shooting. Back in the day, and I used to know some thugs and stuff back in the day when I was growing up. And I used to ask them all the time, you motherfuckers know how to shoot? Because you don't never get the person you're supposed to be getting. You get people with size, standards, kids, and everything. I mean, it's just like, what? I mean, you know, you don't get, you end up getting, you end up getting somebody ain't got shit to do with it. And in the case of this, it was, these motherfuckers seemed like they were just random. They were just shooting everywhere and didn't get nobody who they got. Instead, got 22 22 people shot, 12 of them was kids. I mean, it's just ignorant to get out a gun and not have no toy. It just shows the the energy and the spirit of where people are at. And they ain't got nothing to, I know weapons, 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 it's just like, we have weapons of mass destruction, all all these countries do, of, of nuclear weapons. But nuclear weapons don't shoot themselves, okay? What happens is people, when people get into war and destructive uh, energy and destructive, become destructive being, the weapons are not, the weapons are, are a symptom of the bigger problem, and the problem is people's heart. Why are you so messed up? On a day that was so beautiful and so fun and so nice that you gonna come in and take somebody's life, take somebody's life force, and that ain't not, to me. That's not to me. That in my personal opinion, that ain't guns that do that. That that that's a spirit of evil. Okay, somebody was there that day to not only take uh, trying to take some uh, take people's uh, uh, destinations and destiny. Because who knows what destination and destiny that young lady had and destination and destiny of other people that was there. Something come, something so evil coming trying to steal, steal your life force. On a day that was so beautiful and so fun, here comes demonic play. 
yes, we did. And so if you, you, we got to learn how to fight against that energy, okay, because that is a, a, an energy to keep those type of energetic things from coming to take anybody else's life, uh, life force and bring in the spirit of fear on people and trying to set agendas from governments and things like that because that would be there too, okay, Evil, I mean, evil comes in so many forms, and it's just so sad. It's just sad because it, it was such a beautiful day, and I hated it that it had to end in that way. But for me, the rest, you know, prayers for everybody. I hope uh, prayers for people who were injured and, and the young lady's family. But for me, my I just got why well, I got back. I got back Sunday. I had a wonderful week in Kansas City. I enjoyed myself. Enjoyed my grandparents. My grip here, so I'm telling you, I, I really almost want to sell them for a reality show because if my grandparents had that a reality show, they would probably be the number one reality show <laughs> on TV. Y'all would be laughing. Oh, they are hilarious, okay? It's just comedy, comedy in suit. It's just comedy. It's comedy, and it's so, so they and they've been having a busy week, you know, busy household because my uncle came in. My uncle lives in San Francisco, right? So my uncle and his girlfriend flew into Kansas City to watch the game in Kansas City because <laughs> my uncle was like, he knew the Chiefs were gonna win, and, and so he came in to watch the Chiefs uh, to Chiefs, Chiefs win in Kansas City. So he goes back out, and I'm coming in for the parade. <laughs> so it's like we're all kind of crazy, like. Chief week for them, but it, it it's, it's been it's really was fun. It was fun hanging out, fun talking to them. It was fun hanging out in Kansas City. I had a great some of my best times in Kansas City. I had a great time despite all the crazy energy, and I needed it because you know I was like I was going through some things, but I feel good. I feel good. I was sick at the beginning, you know. I was kind of sick, but I was going. Hey, I was. I'm like, you ain't gonna stop me from this parade. <laughs> But it it ended up being such a beautiful time, beautiful experience. I had a great, great time. Okay, and good food. Okay, I'm always eating food. The food was hot. I had a good food that week. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my uh, experience. Uh, yeah. So even though all that happened, um, I will say this: the day was beautiful, and I had so many beautiful people around us. It was. Fun. We had a really great time that day at the parade. I cannot say it's so sad that all that had to happen, but it was it was one of my favorite Chiefs parade because the Chiefs went through so much to get there, and people were saying they weren't going to do it, they weren't going to blah blah. No, I was never saying I was always saying he was going to do it, right? But it was just still it was so. I said so. I said you know what? Next year when we three peat this, because we gonna three peat. Like I said last year, we go two peat. So we three pieces. This is gonna be. This is it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna. We'll be able to make up for the energy that has happened. But oh my goodness! But it. I did notice all the thirteen craziness and stuff around that. Okay. Ah uh, man, what's next? Okay. So I have a. It's a word for you guys this week. I don't know. I have so much. It's a word because there's so many things. Oh my God! I've been going through so. So much, so many things that uh, <laughs> that I want to talk about. But this week, I was, I was, I was thinking about 
because I was seeing some stuff on TV and stuff. I was like, oh, my God, like, God, like, I was getting, I was like, God, will, you know, do do evil people ever, I mean, does people ever pay for craziness or whatever? And I, I started remembering the scripture of the the uh, wheat and the tares, right? It's from Matthew thirteen twenty four through 30, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Okay, so this is for you guys, for your, it's the words this week. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Okay. So it's another parable he put forth. This is put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow the seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go out, go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the root with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in the bundles to burn Burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay. Now, a lot of people, this is a lot of people look at this as the end times, or that's this particular parable that Jesus told and everything. And a lot of people use it for a lot of different things. Even uh, the idea of evil being able to move and prosper in the world at the same time, good does because you know the Bible says the just it rains on the good, the the uh, uh, good and evil, just the just and uh, evil. Okay. So, um, but this particular parable is so powerful to me because he, he's saying, hey, I know an enemy came and sold bad ideology or bad ideas or bad things, whatever you want to do it, among them are bad, maybe you're going through something at, at your place of work or your family and stuff and you're seeing tears come up, problems come up, issues where you know somebody has planted bad things against you or certain things against you. And to confront those issues, it's almost bad timing to do so. Because if you do so, you might root up what's good with it, right? And so this is how I look at the world today, and I hope you all understand this, what I'm saying. In this world today, we see so much craziness going on, and sometimes we see evil, and we say we don't understand, like, what is going on? Why why does the, you know the evil uh, systems get rooted out. But sometimes we can't root out the evil systems because with that sometimes good things come out. You know, you may root up something good or you may root, uh, take up, um, or you may cause good people to be discouraged or to be um, sad or, or, or upset with the system so much that they fall away. So this uh, this uh, this parable, this owner is wise. He's saying, "Hey, let them grow together." But then, when it's time for the harvest, when it's the right timing, when it's time when they've grown up, where we can see who's bearing fruit and who's not bearing fruit, right? Then I will take the good 
the good wheat into my barn and the other ones I will burn away, okay? So let that encourage you today that sometimes, even in your life, if you see certain things and you're like, man, I can't confront this thing right now in my life, I can't confront this, because it just might tear everything, it might tear the good and the bad or the evil. I hope y'all get what I'm saying. And you waiting for, you have to wait for the harvest in your life to deal with certain things, to be able to discern a situation better or to be able to see what's good for you and what's not good for you. I hope you get it. I hope y'all get it. I hope this. I hope y'all understand this, but that you may have to wait to a certain time so that you can be able to separate the ugly from the good. Okay, you might not be able to see it yet, or you may be able to see it. You might say, you know what? Ugh. I know right now this is a bad situation out here. I got, uh, you know, I got some. I got this grass need to be cut. Like I'm gonna give you. But I, I don't want to, uh, I'm going to let my grass grow a little bit more before I take out the bad grass because I want to mess up the good stuff. Or what, I hope I don't know if I'm using that the right way. But it's basically saying wait until the right timing. You might know that there's somebody who sold, sold trouble among you or things among you that shouldn't be sold. But you say, you know what, right now, I'm not. This is not the time to confront that issue. I'm gonna let them grow together. But when it's time for the harvest, I will separate what should be separated. That way, I don't uproot what's good, what's right right now in my life to deal with the to, to deal with the evil. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's a, let me give y'all a good example. Let me see, because I feel like I'm not giving a good example. There's a. Uh, Oh, when like when I watch always the like the housewives, I always laugh like if they having a certain party or a get together or something like that. They always want to bring. There's always somebody that comes in the party trying to start some mess. Like if it's somebody's birthday party, it's always somebody that comes in and tries to start. Like they'll say, "Well, I know this is Karen's birthday and we're supposed to be celebrating Karen's birthday, but uh, yesterday you you talked about." Uh, such and such husband. So they bring me evil energy into the party, and they all start arguing and talking about the party. And you see that, that it, and then instead of, you know, somebody will always come in and say, hey, well, let, let's not, you know what, yes, this is a problem that we need to confront, but we're not going to deal, right, deal with it right now because we don't want to ruin the party. Well, it's the same thing kind of with the wheat and the tear. That doesn't mean the problem isn't there. That doesn't mean that somebody hasn't sown something negative, um, in, like in the parable among the crop. It just means that now we're not going to confront it because we don't want to mess up the crop. But when it's time to confront it at proper timing, we will then do so so that we can make sure that we won't up in, uh, we won't bring, we won't uh, 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 turn this into. A negative event. I hope y'all get what I'm saying. So that's what I want to say. Again, this is what the wheat and the tears. And you can look at this at any method and mode of life. I look at it even in Hollywood. Like I was seeing Hollywood, I was like, oh my God, it's so much. It's so much craziness going on out there. They got good. They got crazy. They got evil. But it's but the, those systems are so rooted that if you probably knew, if they went through and uprooted everybody, it would probably discourage the world about 
what what's there. You know what I'm saying? So it has to be done in proper time and to get ugly things and evil things out. Okay, I hope y'all get it. That's all. It's a word. That's what I have for y'all this week. Okay, okay. Mm. So let me get a drink. I don't know what I'm tasting. Something crazy. I don't know what I have. Something I'm tasting. I had to take a drink, so so I wouldn't taste. I don't know what I have put in my mouth, child. That's a mess. I don't know what I'm doing. It's something because I wash my I wash my uh, face beforehand, but I'm having this crazy taste in my mouth, and I don't know what I did. I don't know if I accidentally, you know, some of my my cream I accidentally. (laughs) I don't know what I'm having. So if y'all hear me drinking, ignore me, okay? Okay, now, let me tell y'all, I did get to go see Bob Marley's movie this week, okay? <sighs> I knew a lot about Bob Marley. I know about, a lot about the Marley uh, stories. You know, um, the Bob Marley story, I've seen a lot of documentaries on Bob Marley and stuff like that. It was okay. It, I didn't like the way the way I love. At first, I didn't think I would like the guy to act who's acting as Bob Marley, but actually, I loved the two lead. The two leads saved it. <coughs> uh, the person, excuse me, who acts as Rita Marley and Bob Marley actually saved the film. I did not like the way the director went. I can tell. Let me tell you something. I can tell the family is old that was there every day. And was this? Listen, let me just say this, okay? And and this is the family. This is what I said about Aaliyah's family. That's why I never wanted no Aaliyah movie out here, because I was like, it is important. And 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 in the Marley film, they hit on certain things, but they could have did a better job with it. Had it the direction? To me, it was like. I don't know. To me, it was like they was trying to gloss over some things about Bob Marley, uh, focus on him being iconic, but not focus on the flawed person, not focus on the uh, the man in certain instances. I didn't like the way the director went with it. I, I felt like I was lost sometimes in it. Sometimes I was like, okay. But I found the person, the young lady who played Rita and the man who played Bob very charming and saving of this film, okay? Um, families, it's important. I know you love your family member. And when they gone on, you don't want to, you know, you want to be like, yeah, I just want to try to preserve their legacy and stuff like that. But their legacy is their story. The good, the bad. The great, the not so good, and the ugly. It's a part of being human. Humanity makes mistakes. They do crazy things, okay? And when you have, to me, family has to be willing sometimes to go with the let go. Not try to protect the legacy so much, but to tell the story of a man, okay? Uh, there were certain parts in it where I was like, yes, ooh, that's great. But there was a lot of parts I was like, eee. 
Uh, they did confront Bob Marley's infidelity because we know. Listen here, let me tell. You, but let me tell you something. You know who I want to see a story about? Let me tell you something. Let me pop that. Not Bob. That was interesting. But let me tell you, I don't seen a lot about Bob. Mm-mm. You know, I want to see a story about Rita. Okay, child. I think, honey, that she had to do. What kind of woman? Has coached, she was coached, and I always, I always used to, I, I've always, ever since I've read Rita Marley's story, I've always say how dope of a chick she was, because I'm like, listen, most women would be like, Negro, <laughs> have you lost your mind? No, Rita took care of them illegitimate babies, baby. She let, when he was dying, they said she let the women come up in the hospital, the ex but listen, he loved on Rita at the end. He left. What he do? What he do? What he do? He left that estate to Rita. <laughs> Just her too, and she was such a beautiful soul. She started with her children and his other children. From up, listen here, okay? Talking about loving a man. I don't know. But listen, if you know, it showed in the movie a little bit. She had her little, you know, she got some little penis on the side, and Rita, you know what? Probably deserves some. Because Bob was out here running these streets. <laughs> but um, I felt like we didn't understand enough the conflict going on in Jamaica at the time that the film, I understood what was going on. I understood that the end of colonization had happened because I've seen documentaries and stuff like that. I understood what, how, what Jamaica was like um, after its independence and the issues it was having and stuff like that. To me, there was not, if, if there's a person who does not know that, I don't feel like it was explained enough. And I felt like there were some things that were not uh, universal. The director didn't get a universal broad stroke to make sure everybody understands what is happening in the film. Some things I found like they were lack of understanding, right? So, um, but I would love to see a story on Rita, okay? Listen here. That's a woman who put up with some ish, okay? Listen here. Put up. But if you see, I'm a Bob, I am a Bob Marley girl. I love Bob Marley. And one of my, even in my, uh, you know, my music writing, I listen to a lot. I listen, used to listen to a lot of, I used to especially used to listen, listen to a lot of Bob Marley. And the Marleys are just, who them are so fine men. Oh, my Lord, Bob was fine and his children. I understand. Listen, I understand, Rita. I ain't, you know. <laughs> I ain't here to judge. It's like me and Lenny out here. <laughs> Poor Lenny. Poor Lenny Kravitz. I pick on Lenny Kravitz all the time. What, what, if I was with Liddy, would I be? I might have, be okay with the kids. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Take care of all these kids. <laughs> but Liddy, that controlled his hold them and looked like he only had one. He had he wanted done. Okay, I don't know how he did that. Okay, but uh, listen, but yeah, he, Bob was out here populating the earth, and Rita, to me, just held it down. Okay. Was inspirational. She, she did. There was so much, and even though he, you know, 
Ah, oh, you know, that's where the story was to me. I, I mean, I like the story of Bob and what he did and brought people together in the iconic uh, uh, music of Bob Marley. But to me, the iconic relationship of Bob Marley, I wish I would have saw more of that, understood more of how he felt about children, his, his, his philosophy about things, just a little bit deeper. Um, her, her philosophy of things. I mean, I mean, listen. All I do know is this, honey. When you love a man like that, listen here, okay? You say, "I'm gonna take these hits for your ass, okay? I'm gonna take these hits so that you can get your call, but you're getting your freak on out here." But I understand that that's that's this is the hard part of your call. Lord, that chick. That's the story I want to see. Somebody give me a story about Rita Marley. <laughs> There's two stories I want to see: the DeBarge family story, the DeBarge family. Cause, oh, and, and and prayers to the DeBarge family. They lost their matriarch this, I think, this week. My mom DeBarge or whatever. But listen, her story too. Cause listen, she went through some shit. That man put her through some shit, and them kids through some shit too. The DeBarge family is who I want to see. And now Rita Marley. Can we just get a film on Rita? <laughs> Because Rita was a bad girl. Rita was a cop. I don't even say, you know, because most people would say, you know, she's like the song, Just Be Good to Me. You know, I don't care about those other girls, Just Be Good to Me. I don't even see her like that. I see her as understanding. There was a line in a movie where she says, I forget the line, but she was basically saying she was, she was, she was, she was allowing him to do Shit, because she understood his call. She understood it was a bigger, it was something bigger. And she couldn't, and even though she knew, like she knew he was a dusty ass. But her, for her, she was called to something great. And she, she didn't, she understood. That's that's powerful, okay? Because everyone can't do that. Because I'd be like, listen here. I've been a clicked his ass. <laughs> And you know, because you know, because you know it's that, because you know, listen, he was sexy. Uh, this is my personal opinion. And so, you know, when they like that, that energy, that that Caribbean uh, male energy, that make me see. See, that make me be on the ID channel where Rita was going through. <laughs> nah, never make me be on the ID channel. But it make me be close. <laughs> You sitting up here playing me and having kids on me and having families and you continuing to run around these streets while I'm holding it down? I'm holding it down. I'm getting shot in my dreads. <laughs> That's who I want to see the story about. Mm-mm. Bob was good, but Rita is who I want to know about. I mean, I'm getting shot for the cows. Everything taking care of your illegitimate kids. Coming in, still being your encouragement, your strength, listening to your music, singing your. Wait a minute, I ain't even. She was a background singer. So you know she's witnessing shit all the time. You know she was. Probably ready to kick a bitch's ass every 
like little things. Like, but she was, this just was strong. She was like, you know, I understand what this is about. Kept her composure. Kept her strength. And it probably didn't help. It probably helped that she had a little penis on the side in Jamaica herself. But still, held it together because she understood this is, he's here for this moment. This is a thing. This is what he's, this is, this is what he's called to do. And I got to take the mess. And I'm called to, listen, check this, and I'm called to be by his side. And so I got to take the mess with it. But in the end, it all paid off for Miss Rita, okay? Okay, she did that. They, they say they was running that, they running that Marley estate. Genius. I'm, but I'm, I'm, I, hey, that's why I'm here in these streets, okay? <laughs> he left her with the coon. He left her the whole estate. Let me look this up. Because this is, to me, that's the lesson of the Bob Marley movie. Let me see it up here. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, and you know what? You know all the women that he he he. Uh, let me see where she she does there's something there here she's discussing. Let me see if I find. Wait a minute, huh? I'm trying to figure out. Uh, and she had her career herself. You know, she's a singer herself. So, like, to just understand that, uh, to understand that you were called to his side and to not, you know, she was so unselfish to me when she should have, there were times where she should have been selfish, but very unselfish, ha- handled uh, handled him with care in spite of everything, man, you, she was a G, okay, that's who I want to, I'm sorry, that's who I want to see the, the movie about, I want to see, uh, uh, I want to see about her, and they said she, like her own, like she had, let me say, let me, Listen, they say that she handled that that uh, estate. I mean, she's seventy some years old now, but she handles that estate well. It says Rita has six children, three with Bob, and three from other relationships. Bob adopted Rita's two other children, has his own, and they have the Marley's name. Rita's children are in order. Okay, Sharon, Casadella. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, so Ziggy, the only one. Very interesting. Okay, listen, but she listen in the end, he let her all that shit, okay? And he should have, okay? <laughs> he should have. Rita was in it Rita was in it for a state plan, okay? And and not only that she understood and she was also in it because she understood his call and what he was there for and that she was there has to help him through that. Because I don't know if he could have did what he did with his life without Rita. Okay? Okay. Facts. That's that's what I I found amazing about the film, but it wasn't my. It, it, I feel like they could do another one, something better. Um, families sometimes, you know, I just sometimes I'm worried that families sometimes hold on too tight, and sometimes they it's hard to see all the story. 
But I think, you know, they told enough of the story. I just didn't like the order of it, is how the director, I don't like how they put together the story. But there were beautiful, charming, powerful moments within the story, okay? But, um, yeah, very interesting, very interesting uh, film, okay? All right, so what's next? Oh, my God, what else next? Okay, I saw y'all little videos and stuff from Maxwell's Cruise. <laughs> Little Urban Hang Sweet Carols, this looked like it was fun. Oh, my gosh, that looked like I had a good time. Okay, Maxwell with the Hugh Hefner robe. <laughs> Did he have one of Hugh Hefner? I can say that. <laughs> I saw him the first night, what is he? It is like he had a Hugh Hefner robe. And I said, oh, he's about to get some on this cruise. <laughs> when you put on a Hugh Hefner robe, you say, I'm about to get, about to get it. I'm watching now the Playboy Cyborg. But I'm watching now the Playboy. Uh, 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 play, I've been watching the Playboy murder stuff on, on 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 the ID channel. But I'm also watching. I forget what channel, what uh, streaming service it's on. But the story about Playboy and how Playboy got started and everything, and how Hugh Hefner come up with came up with the robe like he didn't want to get dressed and. <laughs> So all the time, he, you know, he came with the idea to wear robes all the time. And they say at the end of his life he owned, like, 300 silk robes. <laughs> I was like, he always won the screw probably. <laughs> Any man walk around with a robe on. <laughs> you know he getting in. <laughs> oh, he's about to get, he letting it be known. He about to get it in, okay? And it's crazy what I was re- listening to what some of those women allegedly endured at the Playboy Mansion because there's this one story I was watching where this one playmate was, like, saying she didn't really want to sleep with Hugh, you know, or whatever. She just wanted to be in Playboy. And he had audio and video all around the house and, you know, stuff like that where people could hear. He could hear. And this one of the girls who was one of the people, corporate people, and Playboy said, oh, you don't got to sleep with me. Just tell him you got a boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. And so she said he calls her up to the room, like, and he says, hey. And he started playing the audio from the thing. He says, don't never tell none of these playmates, allegedly, this is what he said, don't ever tell none of these playmates that they don't have to sleep with me. Oh, they, that's how you get in the Playboy magazine. I'm like, damn. I mean, it was, you talking about casting couch, okay? But Maxwell, when I saw your little robe, I was like, oh, I see what time it is on that Urban Urban Hang Sweet Cruise. <laughs> oh, he got on the robe. The robe over the suit, like, bitch, I'm out here to do damage, okay? All right, it was. It looked good. I saw, what did I see? I saw Music Soul Child. I saw Let It See, Let It See Sound Good. Yeah, I saw the Serena thing. I saw a little bit of it, you know me. Uh, what, uh, who else? What, she look cute. Uh, what else? Who else they had? Uh, <coughs> I, uh, t- uh, what's her name is really good. Uh, what's the girl? Leela James. I saw somebody did. What else y'all saw? I didn't get to see a lot of Robert Grass, but I think I only saw one song or some, one something with he music so child. Somebody was out there. And then I saw Maxwell again. Y'all love Maxwell. She, Max, Maxwell, though, it, Maxwell, let me just say this, okay? When you have an all-white cyborg, Oh, my God. I was like, Ugh. I want to beat up his stylist. Can I say that again? I want to fight him. I do want to fight you. Who who, who, you are, who are you? <laughs> a 
ready to fight. I'm ready. I'm ready. Nuckin' but what's a nuckin' but I don't know. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and I'm not even a fighter. But I want to fight too. Because you got all that fineness and ain't dressing it right. It's all fine. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, my God. What do I do? <laughs> I mean, but listen, so it was an all-white party, right? I saw all-white. But Maxwell come out here in his, but it looked like he just threw that suit on. Maxwell, it looked like he just threw that suit on. <laughs> and the white, why are you having, why you look like the undertaker at the all-white? You should have had a red or something colorful. You look like he's an undertaker or something on the boat. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? What's going on? This is Max. It's Max. He's so beautiful. Dress him right. He's so, he's got all that head full of hair. God, I just want to touch the head. Just touch. He's got a beautiful head full of hair. Why is he wearing clothes that look too big for him? I don't know. What's, are we in the too big clothes era for Maxwell? Because I saw him... <laughs> I saw some video, people had video of him, like he had on this big old shirt on, and I was like, what is going on? I don't know. He's still fine, but it's like, when you find anything, you just can get away with, like, put on anything. I didn't like him at the all-white party coming out and seeing when he did his part of the, the show, and he had on his black suit, like his undertaker suit. I'm like, no, you're too fine for an undertaker suit, okay? Seriously? No. How, where's the red? Can you some red? What's still here? Maybe there is no stylist. Maybe that's what's going on. Is there not a stylist? I don't know. Tell me. But the performances were really good. His performances were really good. He sound really good. His voice sound really good. Yeah. Looks like y'all had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good for y'all. Okay. Do they have a Super Bowl party or something? Because listen, I would. I think do they have. A, I think I saw somebody's program and it was a Super Bowl party down or something like that. Yeah, okay. See, so I couldn't be on the seas and Chief playing. I couldn't see that. <laughs> but it looked like y'all had a great time. It looked like it was really fun. It looked like it was really nice. Great. Okay. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and how much of Maxwell did y'all get? Did Maxwell walk around the boat? It seemed like he wouldn't walk around the boat. How was that? How was that? How was that? I know. I've heard good things about it. I heard it was nice. It was decent. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Okay, interesting. Interest. I do not like your outfits, Maxwell. I do want to. I don't think there's a stylist, so maybe I want to fight you. <laughs> I don't know who it is that I want to fight about these suits on the boat. Like on the boat, I felt like he was hot. This is like the the the, the Hugh Hefner. I understood what the Hugh Hefner role was about. You know, I understood the subtleness of it, like the Playboy trying to let her, let the whole, I mean, let the Cinderella ball know, like, you know, like, yo, you know what time it is. Like, I understood the Hugh Hefner role. I did not understand the Undertaker suit. <laughs> You're too far for the Undertaker suit. You're way too far. And it would, let me tell you something. If you really wanted to get off the Hugh Hefner shit, you should have worn, like, red, again, red or blue or something. Some sort of color. That, that, just, that the whole stuff was up. You out there wearing robes. We know it was the robe is to tell everybody what's up. The robe is. I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the road is what is it? Uh, it's sexy. Okay, what is the what the world? And then he had on a lot of black under the robe. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is going? Like seriously? Oh my god! He posted a picture, actually a throwback picture that I thought was like better. The, the outfit probably that should have been worn. I have a shirt just like that he had on. Like he had on a shirt on this on this on this post he posted a throwback. I said, damn, I got a shirt just like that now. But it would have been nice to wear that, something like that on the crew. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he thinks he's getting big or something like that because he's still skinny. You could still get away. You could have wore something like that, like you threw your throwback picture, if you if you just got to have on black. I don't know. I was mad. I still, I, again, I'm just going to reiterate this. I'm gonna, I either want to fight Maxwell or his stylist. I don't know who, if he's doing the style. If it's you, Maxwell, I want to fight you. If it's your stylist, I'm, listen, we gotta, we're going to be in a fight. We're going to fight. If you don't start dressing him better, he's too fine to not dress him good. Seriously? <laughs> Stop. His clothes are too big. I don't know what the hell's going on around here. I don't know if he's, like, trying to go into this too big face. I don't know what the hell's happening. But it, was, it still looked like a fun cruise, okay? So I just wanted to mention that. All right, so we get back, y'all. We're going to talk about Fanny out in these streets. Child, Fanny, Fanny's been out in Fanny. Fanny. Fanny Willis. Fanny's a whole trip. <laughs> Listen, Fanny, I'm going to just say this, girl. Even if you did, Even if you didn't. Cause I don't feel like I, I don't feel like no truth has been told. But if you even if you been guys, and I understand lawyers do be having lots of money on hand and all that stuff. But Fanny, I don't believe you. That, listen, even if whatever going down, Fanny, the way you have shown your ass on these things, on these things, I know y'all been sitting up here talking. Ah, she's uh, she letting them know. No, she ain't. She looking crazy, looking too much, looking looking like she like she she's keeping keeping it too real. Okay, we gonna talk about her. I'm going to talk about uh, U.S. on an unstoppable fiscal path, uh, Harlem residents upset about migrants. Then we're going to talk about Tiffany Red coming for all these uh, singers out here trying to ask for publishing. Now, listen, sidebar on this, I've always thought that singers should get some percentage of publishing. I'm sorry, I do. Not just not just the performance part of it, just a small part of, the, of, of publishing because they perform a song, they put their voice to a song, uh, they can create their their arrangement and their sound of a song can change it significantly, or you know, or make your song. So I, I, I so I'm, we'll talk about that, you know, when we when we get back. But and then we gonna talk about Beyonce out here trying to make y'all think she don't win country. Beyonce is not a fucking country singer, but y'all can be up there and buy that, that bullshit. Beyonce's out here selling if y'all want to. For the first couple of weeks, so that's what y'all do. Y'all hype it up for the first couple of weeks, then it comes stumbling down, the, like, you know, hardcore. <sighs> K. Michelle is a country singer, okay? Y'all ever heard K. Michelle sing country? Darius Rucker is a country singer, okay? Beyonce, you sound like an R&B singer singing over a country track. I don't really buy your shit whatsoever. I've been listening to country music since I was a little girl. Okay, I you do not sound bitch. You do not sound country. You might be from Texas, 
but your asses might be just as just country, country, but you grew up in the suburbs of Texas, okay? You ain't fat country. Beyonce don't even sound soulful singing country. Okay, I'm we don't get we don't we don't I'm gonna get to that and talk about her, okay? And talk about her out here trying and selling hair care, which I thought was a good idea at first, but then I had to think about it. She's still trying to avoid selling weeds. Beyonce, that's what really you should be selling. I don't know. Like, it's a lot of people saying they can't trust you with hair care because they don't ever see your real hair, right? And it's okay because I understand. I like wigs and stuff like that, too. But the thing is, and you can, and listen, people like me and Beyonce can have a lot of hair and be wearing wigs and all that stuff like that. But Beyonce more is known for her luxurious weaves and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Now she's trying to run around here selling this high-ass shampoo and all this stuff, conditioning. <laughs> Talking about her. It's not about perfume. Wait a minute, hold on. Hold the hell up. Didn't you tell her just sell some perfume at Christmas? This Helfer is busy. She's a walking uh, 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 product placement. Shit. We don't we talk about her ass. Is the perfume doing well? Did I even buy the perfume? Now this Helfer out here trying to sell country music and hair stuff. Oh, my Lord. We got to talk. Lord and Merchell. Um, that's a hot. This woman's a hot man. We're we going to talk about that and a whole lot more when we get back, okay? All right, let's start off with one of my favorites, okay? Y'all know who I, who I love. I've been getting a lot of publicity, too. I think she got named something for Billboard. I forget what it is. Victoria Monet. Back up over here. Um, hold on, y'all. Y'all not happy. I be thinking I have it. Have something up and I don't have it up. <laughs> I had a Victoria Monet. Did, did I get it up? Oh, I don't know if I have it up or not. Okay, yeah. All right, we're going to start off with Victoria Monet on my mama. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, okay, y'all? She get it from her mama I'ma say you fuck her right Body rude is unpolite Don't be in the humble type Tell me is you down Cause I'm trying to go up tonight Hold it, hope she said the right I just wanna live in a fantasy I think we deserve it right Top of the memories I've ever made in my life Permanent Put that on. 
Jamira Cry with two completely different things. One of my favorite songs by Jamira Cry. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I'm back in these streets. We are talking hot topics. We're going to get right into it. Okay, so Fannie Willis. Everybody has been talking about the Fannie Willis testimony this week. Child. Fannie's the best. Fannie's the best. Child, I can't even. I was like, what? So let me see. Okay, so um, this week they had a um, – uh, let me see if I can pull up. Let's see. Uh, see if some, some – uh, We're going to play. Okay, so let's listen to a little bit of Fanny Giles the money her so I'm gonna play some for y'all just that you revive it. Okay. I don't want to say anything. In twenty twenty I lived in South Okay. That's the only place I lived in South Carolina. That's before I had to abandon my home just at my home in South Carolina. I never, he never came there, okay? So if you don't um, come someplace, you can't live there. So that's when I have to caution. That's going to be my first time I have to caution. I'm going to listen to the questions as asked. And if this happens again and again, I'm going to have no choice but to strike the testimony. So I need to break this down. This merchant's question, I believe, was uh, asking whether you lived anywhere other than South Fulton. about this week. He says, bombshell witness to look at the man who made know all the secrets in the Fannie Willis Trump drama. And that's from CNN Fair Use, so that's uh, that audio. But it says, after weeks of, this is from, this one's from MSN.com. It says, after weeks of build up a top defense lawyer on Friday called the man, she said, knows all the damning secrets of the clandestine relationship between Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and the private lawyer she hired to lead the Georgia election fraud case against former Donald, President Donald Trump and 14 others. The witness lawyer, Terrence Bradley, was not only a law partner of Nathan Wade, the special prosecutor who admitted to having an affair with Willis, 
He was also waged divorce lawyer in his long, Jesus, long-running battle with his estranged wife. Bradley's testimony capped with tumultuous, capped a tumultuous two days worth of hearings piled by a judge to determine whether the Willis, Wade, and the entire Fulton DA's office should be disqualified from the case, or the case dismissed outright because of the relationship between the DA and her top prosecutor. Bradley spent a brief time on the stand Thursday. Then he was a mystery no-show Friday morning telling the court first that he was at a doctor's appointment, and then he was awaiting test results. Finally, the stocky, stocky attorney arrived and settled in for the hours of question. He was clearly not happy about it. Um, listen, he allegedly, this man texts everything about the affair to the people who were running the Donald Trump case. <laughs> And I don't even know where that client uh, client attorney privilege stops in that situation because he's clearly, I guess, somewhat of his lawyer. So it's a very interesting. Um, but he basically um, he basically can be, in my personal opinion, he basically uh, 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 can, you know, from what they're saying, can frame the timeline about Fanny and the relationship. To me, in this case, you know, she shouldn't be on the case. It's obvious that this was uh, just not good. And my personal opinion is, Fanny, you knew that you had some sort of connection to this dude, <clears throat> no matter what the timeline you know Trump and them are going to be over there looking for anything to get at your ass. Why you would take this case knowing you was messy as F, okay, is crazy to me. And it speaks to maybe the arrogance or something or where you at because I, I just wouldn't even, I would have said, hey, I cannot put this case up because they're going, they definitely going to turn over every leak about me even if my timeline isn't what it isn't matching, which I think her timeline does, but isn't matching what they say it is, it's still inappropriate that I've had a relationship with this man and I hire him to be on this lead on this case. It is still going to come out looking inappropriate. And you knew the fuck this at first. I mean, you knew this before you took this case. Crazy to me. Just wow, thing wow, thing. <laughs> She's a wow one. That's all I gotta say on that though, okay? Crazy. That's wow that she just I mean, that's 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 crazy that she did I would have been like, nah, I got too much going on. No way I can put him on there, okay? So that I thought that was very interesting. Um what else? Uh there's this other uh coming up thing. Mm. Okay, uh, Powell warns of unsustainable, and I thought this was an interesting article. This is from Yahoo. It says, unsustainable fiscal pass, tax rate cuts. Uh, this is Yahoo Finance. This is an interview that aired Sunday evening. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell told CBS, CBS is 60 minutes that almost all of the officials involved in setting the central bank's benchmark interest rate believe that it will be appropriate to cut rates this year. Powell's comments confirmed the outlook he provided last week following the January meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee through, though some 
said watch or stop, they heard a slightly more hawkish tone. Some Wall Street analysts are betting that the Fed will cut rates as many as six times in 2024. But Powell indicated the Fed officials' estimate of three cuts this year still seem likely. Analysts at Goldman Sachs said in research note that that as a result of the last interview, they have increased the odds that the Fed will wait until June to start cutting rates rather than doing so in May, although the earlier date still seems most likely. If Fed officials do wait until early summer, that could create a later but spur path for rate cuts for the rest of the year, the Goldman analyst did. Uh, in the same interview, Powell said that he is he has long-term concerns about the national debt. The U.S. federal government on a, is on an unsustainable fiscal path, he said, when asked about CBS's Scott Pelley, uh about how he accesses the national debt. And that just means that the debt is going faster than the economy. Interesting. <clears throat> so it's unsustainable. I don't think it's all that controversial. Powell noted that the pandemic required the federal government to spend aggressively to avoid what appears to be severe downside risk. But the exceptional period is over. It's probably time or past time to get back to an adult conversation among elected officials about getting the federal government back on a sustainable fiscal path, he said. Uh, Powell also knows the national debt is difficult from a political standpoint and is largely responsibility of Congress. It's not our business, really, he said. Mm. But I do think it's pretty widely understood that it's time for us to get back to putting priority on fiscal sustainability. Sooner, better than later. Very interesting, okay? Um, I I don't think they're going to go for six rates in a year. I mean, I think that would be far too many. I actually think maybe three years, especially if he's saying that the United States is on an unsustainable fiscal path. So I don't know how he's seeing the economy right now cut interest rates. I don't know. I don't understand it like that. Y'all see it. I don't understand it. But it's very interesting. I thought that was a very interesting article that he said that eventually it cannot be sustained if America does not deal with this debt problem because the debt, the national debt is growing faster than our economy. And not to mention there is illegal immigration all over the place and we're spending tons of money in various cities on illegal uh, migration, migration, and that just can't be. We we are out of control uh, fiscally and financially, right, in this country. So very interesting. Um, what else is next? Speaking of that, we're going to get to this Harlem resident upset uh, about migrants. Let me put this up here. This up. Okay. This is from this article is from Fox News. It says Harlem residents express anger, betrayal over migrant crisis. They snuck them in with no transparency, and they've been doing this allegedly all over different cities for the last couple of years. Okay, this is Harlem residents criticized New York City Mayor Eric Adams on Monday after plans were revealed to convert an abandoned luxury apartment complex into a shelter for illegal immigrants. Okay. Uh, Adams turned up unannounced at a community meeting in the Upper Manhattan neighborhood Thursday where locals were gathered to discuss rumors that the building on the corner of 130th Street 
Adam and Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard was quietly being prepared for immigrants, according to CBS News. During the meeting, Idols told residents that he did not agree with moving illegal migrants into a building when the local residents have needs that have not been met. Uh, I told the team, find out what's going on here, Adam said. We're not moving folks into a brand-new building when you have a long-term needs in the community. That's not going to happen. You will not have migrants and asylum seekers in that property, he said. They snuck them in here with no transparency, Tiffany, a Harlem resident, told Fox News of the city administration's efforts to place migrants in the city. We see bunk beds being moved in. What's going on? And no one was aware that this was happening. No one, she said. Of course they're upset, Harlem resident Ruth McDaniel said. They're outraged. They've been overlooked for so long. How do you think you would feel if you have a brand-new luxury building, as they're describing it, and people are living sometimes two or three generations in one apartment, and now you don't even want to give it to them. You want to bring outsiders in. What does that look like? You have to take care of the residents that are already there, she said. Um, Gilda Gillum said that one in four people of color in New York City that are rent burdened in, uh, are rent burdened. In central Harlem alone, that is 44% of, uh, of people who are rent burdened, which means that the, a third of their income goes to rent. In our community, we see our neighbors being displaced. We see our friends, our families being displaced because they cannot afford rent, she said, adding that she is currently having a healthy conversation with Adams and other city officials about how to rectify the problem of moving illegal immigrants into the local housing. Up here, uh, we have we have no say-so as to illegal migrants coming into the community, as we said. Listen, y'all don't get what's happening, okay? These, this is Carlotta one-on-one. These corporations and these these people uh, are for illegal immigrant immigration because America has a America used to have a problem with slavery. Now it's exploitation. It's cheap labor. And a lot of these migrants don't know, understand that they're being moved here to be exploited. And what Americans don't realize is you're being displaced for a cheaper brand because you become too expensive. You're a citizen, and you require you, you can you can use your citizenship to wield and deal against these corporations, these. Uh, 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 these governments, these political things, and we haven't done as Americans a good job at it. So now these groups and stuff feel like they can do whatever the hell they want, including okaying illegal immigrants to displace you at your jobs and all kind of stuff. And this is not the immigrants' fault. It is a fault for breaking the law. They shouldn't be breaking the law. They should be sent back to where they're, they're from. But at the same time, you, we as Americans got to understand what is happening, Okay. It is to displace you. It is to put you out. They don't want to pay you uh, 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 a decent wage now. These people, these companies and things have become greedy. And we've allowed it to. So, yeah, it's not surprising to me. Okay, so this is this is this illegal immigrant crisis is more than what meets the eye. To me, what sits behind it are a lot of things, various things, not only politics, but corp, corporate too, corporations too. Um, see what else I want to talk about. 
there is an interesting article uh, today from Frugal to Free. It says White House household surge ahead has racial wealth gap widens. Black families 30% behind, okay? Uh, it says new reports and analysts show that despite significant increases in employment and income during the COVID-19 pandemic, the wealth gap between white, black, and Hispanic households has also increased, Okay. And we've talked about this a number of times. You know, you hear Adolf talk about this a lot, and um, and the 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 wealth gap, uh, especially with Black America. I don't tend to put other groups because Black America comes from a very different background, which is of slavery, and slavery has set Black Americans back very far. And a lot of times what you have is what you, what you have is now you've got uh, the migrant class mixing in from Caribbean, Africa, and stuff like that. And to me, that is a separate group. Uh, that should not be counted as black progress, black American progress, because uh, the story of slavery is not in their background. So we need to understand our story and how we're progressing in America and, uh, you know, that's why I, one of the things I've always said, even, you know, I talk about celebrity a lot on here. You know, I like celebrity, but celebrity is also uh, the idea. It has, it has, it's cured black America almost sometimes with these ideas of looking like we become wealthier and better when it's only a certain group that has become wealthier and better. And the American, the black American uh, itself is still at a, at a very, a uh, bad place in terms of of, of wealth gap. So, uh, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on as I talk about more uh, stuff. And they even say home ownership gap between black and white owners is worse now than a decade ago. Okay, so um, let's see. Let's see what's next? I want to put. I'm going to talk about. All right, so songwriter Tiffany Red is upset. She came for everybody in the industry about uh, uh, about uh, publishing and and how she feels. Oh, y'all okay. got jokes. Y'all got jokes. I don't know. Y'all got How songwriters are, she saying, um, are, are having a hard time because so many singers and stuff are taking publishing. So we're going to put that up see if I can put this up what she talked about. So let's take a listen. Replay. Um, King by Tamar Braxton. 
I wrote and produced that song. I wrote that song for myself as an artist in my living room. In my living room. <laughs> Tamar got, I don't know, I don't know what she ended up getting. I think I own like 85% of that song. But I should own all of it because I did all of it. She didn't write shit. Seven Streeter, who's a songwriter? This one really hurt my heart. Seven Streeter, just being honest, me and Monsoor did that song. It was originally called Bitch. I wrote that song by myself. I'm not even really a big co-writer like that. I prefer writing songs by myself because, I don't know, I just prefer to write like that. So I have a lot of records that I have played that either have one co-writer on or that I've written solo, solo, right? Seven ended up with 10% of that record. I fought like hell for her to not have any of the publishing because she didn't write anything on it. Publishing is my only source of income. I didn't even, and by the way, <laughs> none of the artists that I've, that I've mentioned have a career anything close to in music, Beyonce. None of them do. But the reason why I'm bringing up my experience with every artist or almost every artist that I've worked with that has taken publishing that they did not earn on the songs that I wrote for them is because there is a precedent that's set. The reason why I called out Beyonce is because Beyonce is the Michael Jackson of our generation. And so if there's anybody that could reshape the precedent, if there's anybody that could influence the industry that has the power and the money and the cultural, like, Thing to say, you know what, y'all? You're right. These songwriters have been out here. We've been in the street, literally. I have been in the street in front of Spotify. I've been in front of Universal. I have sat and I have talked to all y'all publishers. I've talked to y'all publishers. I've talked to the DSPs. I've talked to almost every record that I have done. So this is from the Jasmine brand, and um, she says on here, it says Tiffany Red from JasmineBrand.com. It says Tiffany Red is never afraid to speak out. There's a recent Instagram live saying songwriters Tiffany Red expressed frustration towards mainstream artists accusing them of not sufficiently paying songwriters. Tiffany Red has already been uber vocal about her advocacy for the fair compensation of songwriters so much that she is founded the 100 Percenters, an organization dedicated to the rights of music creators. Her latest conversations around the topic at the at hand seem from rapper Jay-Z calling the Recording Academy's failure to grant his wife Beyonce Album of the Year Award. Jay-Z said while on stage with his, his and Beyonce's daughter, Blue Ivy, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won Album of the Year, so even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys and never won Album of the Year doesn't work. Red challenged Jay-Z's comment in a reel where she sarcastically said, so let me get this straight. Jay-Z expects Beyonce to win album of the year when all the songwriters that contributed to these albums are not compensated, and she takes an obscene amount of publishing from them all. She followed up with a couple of more posts citing the importance of entertainers like Queen B modernizing their business practice and giving publishing to songwriters on a song that didn't that they didn't help to write. Okay, let me just say this, okay? I understand this young lady's frustration. Uh, I have always thought I disagree with her. Your song, listen, yes, you sit down and you put a pen to paper. And and, and, and to me, it's it's kind of somewhat 
my personal opinion of not understanding uh and you're creative so i mean every creative had their their own ideas for things but to me creatives understand that the process of songwriting isn't just when you put your pen that's just my personal opinion isn't just when you just put your pen to paper and you start to write a song right you start to write a really good song it's not just it's not just your process of your lyrics and the next process to me of songwriting comes it comes from the vocalist the arrangement the production the lyric you know what i'm saying and even if the singer isn't in the room they still come in and they add something to that process know that they write the words or the lyrics like i hate you know say lying around here that's why she's on album of the year and stuff they run around lying that she writes allegedly on some okay allegedly and she didn't write i don't like that but i do believe singers should take some publishing should they take ridiculous amount like 25 percent hell no that's way too much beyonce five to ten percent yeah I think that's a fair, and I think that I think that's a fair amount because singers bring a, something to the songwriting process with their vocals. That's a part of the creative process of writing. Um, Babyface, let me just say this, okay? Babyface wrote, "What's the song? Love should have brought you home for Anita Baker." But Tony Anita Baker says, "Hey, this is not my song. Give that to that Tony Braxton girl." To me, that song would not have been a hit if Anita Baker sang it, and Anita Baker understood that. But Tony Braxton's interpretation and the create baby babyface definitely wrote that song, but her creative her process of interpreting that song, to me, it should be a part of the publishing too. Okay, because if she doesn't interpret it in the way that she does that small, smaller in the beginning, you know, should I even, you know, that 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 low, should I even listen? Should I even try? Should I not just be hearing those same old lines? How she brings that seductive sound to it? Ooh, like it doesn't, it doesn't pop like it should. <laughs> so I, I understand her. I understand what she's saying. And I don't think people should be greedy, songwriters should, I mean, people should be greedy and taking publishing at 25%. That's ridiculous and stuff like that. However, I do believe the singers do deserve some um, uh, 5%. Listen, R. Kelly wrote Fortunate, but it doesn't pop. If R. Kelly were the same Fortunate, it wouldn't have been the same way if Maxwell sang. Maxwell singing Fortunate just brings a whole nother vibe, okay? When he when he be saying never never seen a waterfall like this and not, Maxwell singing bring a whole nother sexy uh like it's a it's a, it's a whole nother energy like Maxwell brings his energy to that song and just change even though I can hear that it's an Art Kelly song but I also hear it's a Maxwell song ooh I never had room service all night Mm-mm. Art Kelly singing never said room service all night my mind be thinking of like man. But when Maxwell say it, I'm like, yeah. You ever took a trip first class flight? I'm like, oh, yeah, seeing that. You know, it's a whole nother interpretation, a whole nother energy. Ooh. It's so damn sexy when he sees it, okay? I, I don't find that his interpretation of it, he puts his stamp on that song. Yeah, so I... 
I, I under while I understand her, I totally am for her fighting for it. And yes, Jay Z and Beyonce, I don't pay no attention to them too complaining. They trying to get a lot of attention right now. But um I definitely agree with her. And Beyonce likes to fake like she wrote on the sun, in my personal opinion. Allegedly, I, I what I hear in these streets, she likes to look like she writes sun because she don't write. Okay, that's why I said, which son should you win song of the year for Beyonce? <laughs> Bootylicious. I'm a women independent. Throw your hands up at me. I'm honey making that. What song should she have won it for? If it was it, if you what's up? If it's something, then you should have put a ring on it. Don't be mad when the see that he won. What fun with her nominated for playing the year for her? <laughs> but y'all say, don't let me embarrass you out in the streets. Start going through these lyrics. <laughs> but, yes, I respect her. I understand what she's saying, okay? Very interesting, Tiffany Red. That's a very interesting, and, you know, nobody should be taking advantage. Now, if you're a new singer, I don't, like, you know, Maybe you don't get as much, okay? So I don't, you know, or whatever. But I understand Beyonce because Beyonce can change your life as a songwriter uh, if you give Beyonce a song. But it shouldn't be at no 25%. I mean, I personally would give her up a 10 or 15, maybe 15% to Beyonce because I know that as a new songwriter, Beyonce, if I write a hit for Beyonce and my name is on the publishing, that other people are going to come to me. For, for it, it could change my whole life writing a song for Beyonce. So yeah, I, I but twenty five percent is a lot. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, I don't know it's very interesting. Um, let's talk about what's next. Uh, what we got on here, y'all? Let me just get that. Okay. Um. So I thought that was very really interesting. Uh, but let's talk about Kelly Rowland this week, okay? Kelly Rowland was allegedly supposed to be at the, 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 the Today Show as one of the co-hosts and walked out because the rooms were uh, uh, too small, they said. Okay, so let me see if I can put that up. So I got that other one up, hold on. And I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna talk about this. And I'm gonna be. I might be surprised at my take on this. Okay, let's talk. And listen to. Uh, first, I want to talk about this part. Okay, it says this is from PeopleMagazine.com. It says Kelly Rowland walks off Today Show set and Rita Ora fills in after dressing room issue. Source. Now let me just say this. I saw Rita Ora this week. This is a sidebar on the view. Can I just say something? Rita is great. Like talking. Rita can do like a the view, a show like the view, or the. Uh, or she was so fun to listen to. Like her, her energy was very upbeat. Uh, lots of personality. I didn't get to see her on the Today Show, but I saw a little bit of her on the View, and oh, she was fun to watch. Okay, I can see. You know, I don't even know if they really. Did y'all even really care that Kelly didn't do it? That's it. No, this ain't no this to Kelly. But I am, I am about to give Kelly some truth signs here. Because, you know, I love Kelly. That's why I'm giving her some truth signs. People I love, I give truth signs to. Let me get my drink together. 
When I love you, I give you two signs. Sometimes I should. I know it hurts the people's feelings, but sometimes I got to do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? And this is no different from Kelly. And I'm a Kelly Rowland fan. Okay? So it's going to hurt me to give this true sign in a minute that I'm about to give Kelly. Okay? But Rita Ora, it's not good, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, Rita, you should, you should do this. You should get him. You know, I don't know how the music's working, but Rita, the acting, I know seen her actress because she was on, she was in, uh, what's that movie? Fifty Shades of Grey and all that stuff. She did good in that, too. Okay? So let me have this discussion. It says, a source tells people that the Mia Cupola actress walked out because she and her team did not like her dressing room, leading the hit morning show to scramble to find a quick replacement. And behind the scenes of mishap led to Kelly Rowland's sudden departure from today, today resulting in Rita Ora stepping in to keep the ball rolling. Kelly walked out because she and her team didn't like her dressing room, a source told people. Rita Ora agreed to fill in at the last minute. Many people at the show, inside and outside of the show, were impressed with how great she was. A rep for Roland did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Listen, I ain't telling, I ain't lying on y'all. Rita is the bomb. Okay. Now let me let me let me understand. Let me let me. Now they said Jennifer Lopez had the bigger dress room. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Okay, Kelly. She's a little bigger than you. I know you're quite distant, child. She was back of ground singer for Beyonce for years. But uh, that's different than Jennifer Lopez. Now, the Beehive is going to lie to you. Because the Beehive don't care. The Beehive just is delusional and starts just saying all kind of things. I don't know if it's, uh, 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 what's them robo things or uh, uh, people hired by public. I don't know what they have going on. But whatever the Beehive consists of, it's delusional at times. And uh, and sometimes Kelly Rowland, they don't tell you the truth, okay? Uh, here's the deal, Kelly. I think you got hyped. This is just Carlotta 101 theory. This is Carlotta 101 theory that you got hyped from seeing uh, Taraji on Sick Right and Jay making that baby. So I think you got hyped about that. I I had to take security. No offense, Taraji, but you know, like it was just kind of wild. You like I had to I had to take the car. I had to have security on my way to the set. I mean, to to I just telling you what it sounded like to me. I was like, wow. Uh, but but here's a chick. And so, so I think you heard all that hype, Kelly, and you feel like, oh, well, I'm not going to be mistreated either. It's black women. We're standing up for ourselves, and we're standing up. And I'm for you standing up for yourself, and I'm for you getting paid. But you got to understand the timing of shit. <laughs> Do you see how they went and got Rita Horror? You see how hungry Rita Horror is? Kelly, it's a lot of people coming up behind you. Do you understand what time it is? It's a lot of Rita Oras coming up behind him. I hope y'all understand what time it is. Taraji hmm. don't either. All them London people and stuff, them black London actors and actors. Hmm. I ain't saying you ain't supposed to fight for your money, but I'm saying y'all tricky in Hollywood because you motherfuckers in Hollywood, black, black, a lot of you black actors and black American actors and stuff, you like to you like to act like you don't see the shit that's happening and shifting. 
and you like to ignore it. And then when it shifts under your feet, then you want to come in and have uh, bad times and everything like that. When it's motherfuckers from London, Europe, it's globalization is taking over and you being asked out because you too much money. But you know what? I digress. And not only is Rita Ora, you know, real good, because I saw her on the view, but she's from London too. And she probably was like, child, I take this little dressing room and she probably didn't have a thousand people with her. Now, before I get on Kelly, should I play where is the part from the from what she was on the view? I mean on Sherry. I think I should let's see. We got Sherry up here. Kelly on Sherry. Okay. Hey, I, I know that this is your show. Uh huh. But can we take this I I have to tell you thank you for being light, positive energy, and this space. Oh, yeah. We needed you. Oh. And I thank you so much for your Oh, queen. I thank you so much for that. That is so major. I, I have to say, I know this is my show, but this is how we doing it like this. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I know that this is your okay, Kelly, you know, trying to throw shade. Uh, listen, let me just say this, Kelly. Thank you, Sherry, for not confronting us, not being, you know, blogger like boring, boring, boring. <laughs> but you know, whatever, positive in your space. Sister, let me just say this, okay? I, I respect you, Kelly. Let, let, me, let me just say this, Kelly. I don't think Kelly is understanding. And I'm glad you out here doing Mia Coppola, Kelly. I'm glad you did a Tyler Perry flick, and. I have to see more than the previews of what I've seen. But Kelly, you had no business walking out of that room, that newsroom. And you know, uh, what's some kind of who the Hoda and them? Uh, you know, they uh, they kissing your ass and stuff because of Beyonce and them. But to be honest, you know, they really shouldn't kiss to say they would love you on again. No, you won't. She wouldn't be as fun as Rita. Let me just say this, okay? I could, oh, man, I got to get ruthless. This is not good. I don't, because I like Kelly. <sighs> Kelly, you should have been there. You should be grateful. You should be, I'm not saying take any kind of shit. Was it, was it, unless they had rats and shit running around in there, uh, 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 some roaches or something, your ass shouldn't have came out that room. It was the Today Show. I'm with Bethany Frankel. Okay? You have, you, I don't, I don't really think, I don't really think that Kelly understands. Like I said, Kelly is Beyonce's armor bearer, and she really is great at that job. And I like her at that job. I, Kelly tries to come out. I don't even really kind of want Kelly to play Donna Summers now, even though she looks like her. Because what I'm seeing with Kelly is this, this, uh, and I understand it, Kelly, because I've been there myself. There's nothing I ain't telling you that I don't understand, okay? The thing is, 
your you are so overshadowed by such a big personality in Beyonce. So I don't think you know when the fuck to move and when the fuck not to, when the fuck to do a thing and when the fuck not to. It, it, I, I think you you've been so in a shadow that you don't know how to move properly on your fucking own. And so you like one of them people, like, when, it's like, for instance, when you've been uh, taken advantage of, you know, have you ever met somebody who's been taken advantage of their whole life, and then finally they decide to stand up for themselves, and then they start standing up for themselves with everybody, and they start being defensive with everybody. You're like, oh, 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 I ain't trying to take advantage of you. I'm just, I'm just trying to... Uh, I'm just trying to help you or something, but they they start they 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 start they because they're trying to they're trying to find their their footing and they're trying to be tough and so this is Kelly right now. Kelly is out here. She she's trying to find her footing as a black woman. Like, what do I deserve? I'm I'm you know I know I've been a background singer for Beyonce, but I still be a part of Disney. Show. What I, she don't understand. Like, th- listen, Kelly, you are in a moment of where you have to start all over again. And I know these fans is lying to you. They like to lie to you and say, Kelly's so beautiful, Kelly. Kelly is. You are. But, Kelly, I wonder how many people watch your interview. How many people would have watched if you co-host? What would the ratings have been? I. Why do I got to say this? Because I think that Kelly missed the moment of taking herself, separating her fucking self from the hive. Like, really, like, it's not trying to dish you. She can still be your best friend. But you got to understand, like, if you're trying to create a whole new energy for yourself, you got to separate yourself from that big-ass energy over there. And you got to start creating something. Because, Kelly, you boring. I got to say it. I don't even want to see me a coupler. I ain't even that size. People going to see it because it's a Tyra Perry thing. It looks like it's, you know, it's a Tyra Perry high drama shit. I'm like, can I see you on film? I'm like, because why? Because, Kelly, I don't know who the who are you without Destiny's Child. I, don't, I can hear now. I done made coffee and a couple of fun motivation. Who are you without? I, don't, I still don't know. You're so used. Like, you, now you don't know when to move. You should have been on there to call. You should have been on. You should have took that small-ass sitting room unless there was something else going on. And you should have came out there and co-hosted and let motherfuckers see your personality. Because I be forgetting who the fuck you are. God, I forgot some cousins because I'm out all this cousin. This is frustrating. And then when she talks, she even sounding like Beyonce now. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no, 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 help her, Jesus. He's so up under the energy. Oh, sweetie. I, and it's not, I'm not trying to break up your friendship. It's just that the energy is so big. It's so, it's, you, oh, it's like, there, Kelly should have been out there. You're not that big, Kelly. We know you by name because you were Beyonce's backup for years and a part of Destiny's Child. 
But really, Kelly, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna tell you the truth because they don't love you. They ain't gonna tell you the truth. They gonna say Kelly is the Kelly the winner. Kelly had motivation. No, Kelly. The time when you were starting to, you were working it out in London and all that stuff, and you was trying to work it out, and you was working, you was grinding and stuff, you should have stayed grinding. You should have stayed away from that energy for a little bit longer. Love on her, but you shouldn't have been talking about her. You shouldn't have been none of that shit. You should have been grinding on your own shit and creating your own atmosphere. But you didn't. You ran back up under their atmosphere. And it just doesn't give you an individuality. And so the high comes in and dilutes you and says, oh, you know, and everybody is, Kelly, listen, everybody is going to watch me a couple of, okay, because it's a Tyler Perry trick. It could be Juju Bear starring in it. They will see it. But you needed that. You needed that moment on the Today Show. And Rita Ora is out here showing up smiling in the light, understands what time it is, understand that 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 you you you, you got a, this, the space. She went in there, and then they, and like everybody was saying, she did a good job too. But we up here talking about you. Oh, Kelly Rowling left the uh, Today Show because the room was too small. You sounded like you, like you Beyonce in these streets. No, Kelly, you have to start over, period. You have to start over, period. I said what I said. You back at motivation. You back at the days of London when you was in London over there. You got to start up. Why? Because you've been under the energy for too long. And I, I'm a, I'm a Donna Summer's family, come close. Just because, like, uh, you know, a motherfucker looks like Donna Summer don't mean that you hire them to play Donna Summers. I'm going to just be honest with you. I have not seen this girl's acting chops enough. She would have to prove to me as a family. I'm going to just say this to y'all, Donna Summer family, so y'all don't get up here caught up in no shit because somebody look like her and they fuck up your mama's movie. Donald Summers is one of my favorite singers of all time. Okay. That don't mean she should play Donald Summers. There's probably a newcomer out here who's hungry, who got their own personality, great actor, great actress out there grinding in the acting world and stuff like that. That want it. That's hungry. The way Kelly's behaving, I don't know if she's ready for it. I'd love to see Kelly play Donald Summers. But the truth of the matter is I don't know if she's that great of an actress for. I don't. It's not me none. If I'm you, Donna Summer's family, make her audition with everybody else. Audition people from all over the United States, all over the world. Don't just hand it to her because she's in Destiny's Child. I want Kelly to understand. There's this thing about Kelly because I like Kelly so much, and I'm trying to say it as kind and as nicely as I can. Kelly has to rework herself out of this energy 
of the Beyonce. She has her personality feels. Um, uh, that's why people are always asking her about Beyonce and them. Why? Because they find you boring, Kelly. The exciting thing about you is the mole in the corner. Shut up, you liars, because you didn't you ain't supported it. Shut up. I can go right now on my uh, thing and pull up a bunch of Kelly Rowland flicks. Kelly Rowland been in the last several years. I ain't heard none of you little folks talking about. A lot of Kelly Rowland movies. And the reason why this has happened, Kelly, is because you're comfortable over there in that. I get it. I get it, boo. That's your family. I get this. So that, that's your best friend. Even though she dropped a country album on the week of your Mia Coppola movie, okay? But I digress. Listen, Kelly, you might, I've, I've said this before, you have to, you got to maybe cut that energy out. Like carbon, it doesn't mean you can't be friends. You can't kind of find, hey, girl, no, you don't got to come to the police tonight. I'm actually, you know, we're going to be my family. Because it's too big. And it, 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 it's for, for you, it doesn't allow you space to create for us to see you. And I feel like you've been cheerleading and background singing so long. Even though you had... Uh, Motivation and all that, and it wasn't enough. We still see you have Beyonce's background there. That's why people are asking. I'm just trying to be honest. Oh, man, y'all going to be mad at me. I'm not trying to be mean. No, I'm not. I'm trying to help. From a, from a true fan who loves Kelly Moore, who thinks she's beautiful and gorgeous and everything like this, girl, you won't have to do something. You're too comfortable up there around them cars. You're too comfortable in the state. You're going to have to get, you Kelly, before you even play Donna Summers, I'm going to need you to do, I'm going to need you to do something, like get into some gritty things, some end of more independent, not the little independent Christmas, the stuff I've seen on Netflix. I'm going to need to see you see him more. We're going to have to see more of your personality. Rita got out here and just showed so much of her personality, and it didn't, it felt natural. Kelly, when I hear you talk, you even sound like Beyonce. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I like you, and I want to tell you the truth. But you're going to have to find a way to break that energy off of you because you can't, either you're going to be an armor bearer, like I said, and be the best Beyonce armor bearer you can be, or you're going to get out here and carve a niche for Kelly Rose. That's away from the Carters. Why is everybody asking you about a Destiny Child reunion? Because, motherfucker, that's what we know you have. Oh, God, I can't stop. We're going to lie. We're just going to keep lying to people. I'm not. So I want to help her. I want to see her succeed. I want to see her do great. I want to see her play Donna Summers. But right now, if she plays Donna Summers, I'm scared it's going to be like Beyonce 
possessing Kelly Rowland playing Donald Summers. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that'd be scary, Jesus. Help us. God, help. Oh, my Lord, if we had to go through that. No, Lord. So, people, y'all saying, Carlisle, what would you tell Kelly to do? I'm telling her. Take a break. Take a car. What made you take a break when you did that dirty laundry son and you was over in England and you was kind of doing your own thing? You were seeing more Kelly personality. You wasn't looking. It was You were starting to shake. It was like you was creating your own group of friends. Let me just tell you who's done it, who's done it kind of smartly. Let me give you an example, Kelly. Solange. Solange is there. What the fuck? I, I got to get right from the end here. Okay, Solange is over there. I don't know if she's pretending to be a neo soul star or whatever, but she's over there. She's uncopted. I mean, you know, like we don't, I don't, I don't, you don't see salons all up in, like at the Beyonce premieres and shit like that. She she might be supporting her sisters, but you ain't seeing her. Salons is going to create her own little niche, her own little world. You know what I'm saying? It's like a salon. Like she, under, she understood I got a break from that energy. I might. Cause it's so big. That's her sister. You know what I'm saying? She's like, but it's such a big industry. I mean, energy. I'm gonna get swallowed up in that shit if I don't separate myself. If I'm gonna start looking like I got my own life over here. If I don't start looking like that, don't mean she don't love her sister. Don't mean she don't love her family. But she has managed to carve something. Out. It seems like with Kelly though, we always seeing a Kelly attached at the hip to motherfucking Beyonce. And it's just, at first it wasn't like that, Kelly. For a little while, you was doing a Solange thing. You had separated yourself and you was moving. You came right back out and got up under it. And I just find, I'm almost thinking, you know, it's like it's just, maybe that's just what you are. And that's okay. But I don't think you should have been walking out the Today Show. I mean, be grateful they they allowed you, they want you to come and show your personality, Kelly, on the Today Show. That's national TV, Kelly. You would have been in front of people, got to talk, got people to see you, laugh, and see you. But, I thought, but instead, you get in there and start with deep, start being diva-like. Don't think we understand where we're at in life. And I know you guys are saying, what are you talking about? Right? All the motivation was a big time. Destiny Child ain't had him. Destiny Child was Beyonce's vehicle. I know you guys were in it and you participated in it. Yes, but it was mainly a Beyonce vehicle. And yes, you, Kelly, you should take some accolades from Destiny Child. You're a part of Destiny Child. Like Donna Ross, the Supreme, should take. To, to take some accolades from being the Supreme. Okay? But they did understand it was Diana Ross's vehicle. And so I need Kelly to understand that that doesn't, you're not Beyonce right now. And you're, you're, you're you haven't been out here enough lately 
within the last several years enough for us to put you in a, a for them to put you in Jennifer Lopez sitting room, okay? Like your motherfucking ass has literally gotta start over again. And I mean that with all sincerity. Understand where we're at, sweetie. And I hate that I'm on here talking to you about this because I like you. And I hate I got to be me. Kelly, take an assessment of where you're at. I've sung on world stages. What do you mean where I'm at? I've done this. I've done that. Yes. But to the general public, Kelly, and I don't care what the lying Beyonce people be telling you, people are people like you, Kelly, and they love you. We really like you, and we love you. And it's like we want to um, – it's kind of like we feel sorry for you because you like the little sister that don't get – that that don't – that I, the little big sister get out of shine and the little sister don't say everybody like, oh, Kelly's great too, Kelly. <laughs> No, we don't want you to be like that. That's why people say all the nice stuff about you because they really don't want you to, 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 to feel bad about yourself. But I'm asking you to take a proper assessment of what it is. It doesn't mean you don't have no accomplishments, but take a proper assessment of those fucking accomplishments. You know what I'm saying? Like take a proper assessment of them. Sometimes you got to take a proper assessment of some shit. Like the other day I had to take a proper assessment of where I was at. I, you know, I was like, shit. You know, I was looking at how what how I want things in life to chase me and me not chase it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like money and all these certain things and stuff like that. I'm like, I got to take a proper, proper assessment of my shit where I'm at. And why do you think they haven't? It's like when I was a young girl, I like this dude. He was real fly, right? He was back in the, when I was young girl, and I was like, I was like, damn, you know. And I was fly. I was a fly girl back then, but shoot, this motherfucker out my league. This motherfucker, like, ain't gonna own know that one. <laughs> right? And I was young. I was like, oh my god, thank you. Oh, he's so fly. He's so fly. And I remember, I remember, I had a big play, a big brother who loved, who who loved me. He said, he said, quit chasing that Negro. You ain't in his league. As beautiful as you are, you're young, and you're not in his league. But let me tell you what you do. You fix yourself. You get yourself right so one day he will be chasing your ass. And I was like, wow, damn, you're right. Like, you're right. And what happened? He did come back one day, and he was, he was chasing. I was like, I wasn't interested in it. But that's what Kelly, sometimes, Kelly, you got to take, I had to take a proper assessment. He was right. I had to take a proper assessment of my shit. Yeah, I am out of here. Oh, shit, what am I doing? It, it's going to be uneven. If I let you, if I let you, oh, you know, this dude come and tell me, you know, I'm going to think, I'm going to think he the prize instead of me being the prize. You know what I'm saying? So I need to take proper assessment of my shit and see where I was at. Kelly, that's what you got to do right now. You got to take a proper assessment of your shit. Like, take a proper assessment of what destiny child is. Like, okay, let, let me take a proper assessment. I know I got Grammys for destiny and American Music Awards, but what I have without Beyonce. Let's take a proper assessment. What was I exactly in that group and what was my role? Proper assessment. This destiny, child. 
How big is my albums going? Modern? Could they do a little bit better? Why didn't they? Where did I do well? And I did, you know what I'm saying? Like, understand. So, because if you get that proper assessment, you will understand why they had you in the motherfucking small room at the Today Show. Oh, oh, that's no this. That's no this, lady. That's no this. That's facts. They're sitting there and doing proper assessing shit and saying, okay, I understand. Next time they motherfuckers ain't going, I'm going to go out here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to host my ass off. But next time I won't be in the in the uh, small room because they don't understand what a bitch can do. But instead, Rita Ora went and did that. Rita Ora has had a proper assessment of her shit. Rita Ora understands, like, shit, the music career didn't hit off. Like it should have. I sh- maybe I, I thought I was going to be the next Rihanna, the, 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 the singing Rihanna. Shit didn't hit, take off like that. I done did a couple movies here and there. I still got my foot in the entertainment spaces. Kelly Kane show? Shit, I'll take that. She didn't take, a, take an assessment. Okay, Kelly, you don't have a proper assessment of yourself. You think you're a part of the award-winning girl group Destiny Child, and you were one of the main members in Destiny Child, and you were. You just ain't as main as you think you are, and there needs to be a proper assessment of how you sit in that group. Then you think you had a number one hit with motivation, but how really number one was it? Proper assessment. You've done a couple of movies. Straight to video. Straight to Netflix. Proper assessment. Now you're on the title parents list for assessment. Stop. Please stop. Y'all understand what I'm saying out here. Sometimes we all got to do that. I got to do that. I have to do that with my kids. I got to say, just no Take a proper assessment of where I'm at. <laughs> and sometimes we be thinking, we think we bigger than what we are. That's why my my, bro, my little play brother back in the day had to remind me, had to say, you out, this ain't your, your motherfucking league. You trying to play like that's your motherfucking league, but that ain't your motherfucking league. You beautiful. You got it going on. But it's lopsided right now. You too young. But you get your shit. You you're, you're a change, you got to be able to change the dynamic. I understand he's in a whole nother, he's, he's in a league. And I was like, you know, I was thinking, hey, look, hey, I'm pretty, everybody like this. No. You want to say I mean pretty motherfuckers, you see? That's how my brother, my big brother had to tell me. Calm down, little, little, little whippersnappers. He called, I remember he called me burger. He said, I remember he went. And the dude, because I really liked the dude, I was really crazy. And the dude was trying, you know, the dude was kind of trying to holler back a little bit at me. But it was lopsided because he was much, he was a little older than me. He was about three, four years older than me. 19, I was probably about, was like 16 or something. I was trying to be fast. Yeah, 15, 16. He might have been 20. Something like that. I was, really, I was trying to holler. And my big brother said, hey, she's a, she's a, she a burger bundle right now. One day she gonna be a whopper. That's what he said, but not right now. Are <laughs> you saying that? I'm like, what? But I understand what he's saying. You, this dude is seeing girls his age, 
and you're beautiful, you're pretty, but it's going to be lopsided because you, you're, you're not understand. You haven't grown into what you, you're not in the space. You got to take proper assessment about where you at so you don't get played in this scenario. And that's what Kelly Rowland, Kelly Rowland played herself because she has no proper assessment of where the fuck she's at. And she letting beehivers and delusional Kelly fans tell her wrong and gas her up. And she missed the moment. Now we all out here talking about how she walked off the Today Show and how Reba did good. Somebody, she understands what I'm saying. I hope you don't take a seat. I'm just out here saying my two cents. Okay. All right. So, proper assessment. Proper assessment of where we sit. <laughs> you know, because I had to realize that this year was some shit. I was making some decisions with. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got to take a proper assessment of my shit. Because, you know, I might be thinking I'm, you know, because I talk to, I'm, I'm, I'm a shit talker. And sometimes I'll be like, whoa, 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 sometimes you're going to need to talk to shit. You got to take a proper assessment of where you at. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened. Kelly Rowland didn't have no business trying to talk about uh, um, uh, nothing right now, okay? Shall we talk about Beyonce and this non-country singing person singing a, this ain't Texas. I mean, she does not sound country. I, I listen to country singers. Because I grew up, my great-grandparents loved country. I used to listen to country when I was little, Barbara Mandrell, Patsy Cline, you name it. I mean, listen, I know a country fucking singer when I hear one, and this motherfucker ain't a country singer, but y'all can go ahead and gas her monkey ass up. Has y'all always DBI'd and leave her falling down a spiral case at the end. Today she became the first, uh, 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 because first of all, I feel like there was a lot of publicity stunt going on around her uh, her stuff because they said somebody called up to a country music station and asked them, which I don't believe. I believe they was probably all set up. That's just quite a lot of one-on-one things to a publicity stunt uh, caught up and they wouldn't, they didn't want to play it because she wasn't, uh, she's R&B. I mean, she, she's not country music. And so um, it started this whole big thing of getting Beyonce played on the country music station. This is from Vulture.com. It says Beyonce is the first black woman to earn a country number one. Beyonce is the first person to force her way. Beyonce is such a forced energy. And Beyonce, this is why I'm about to tell you to assess your shit, too. And I'm getting ready to explain something to you, okay? This is why I'm going to explain why you ain't got no album of the year. And But you're trying to right now. I see what you're trying to do. Beyonce has an ace in her hand. The Superstar logs her first country number one with Texas Hold'em, which debuted at top of Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart on February 20th. Beyonce is the first black woman to ever hold the top spot on the chart and just the second woman to debut at number one after Taylor Swift. And to me, Taylor Swift is not a country singer. Taylor Swift sounds like a pop singer. I never never understood why they had Taylor 
in the fucking country thing. You know who's a country singer? Carrie fucking Underwood. Okay, uh, what's a what's a what's the other little girl? I forget the list of some couple. They are not country singers, like true-hearted country singers. Country, it's like it's almost offensive. I hate. You know, listen. Let me just say something, black people. Yes, we have a significant roots in country music. Black people created country music. But over the years, like rock and roll, we gave that shit up, right? But it's a lot of great black artists that's coming up now in country music who are really good at this shit, who are really soulful and dope and feel the music. This motherfucker just put her sound, her voice to a song that sounded with a country background. She is one of the most forced energies I've ever seen. And this is, I'm getting ready to give her some help. And she ain't going to take it, but that's okay, because she can force her way into stuff. And that's why she won't take it, okay? And she'll never have a true, she'll always not understand why people kind of dislike her, because there are people out here who can assess energy and understand what you're doing, Beyonce. But uh, she got another 16 characters, the other thing on her upcoming act two, and it's a hot 100 at number 38 and all this stuff. Okay, let me just talk about this. Let me just talk about her. And her dumb ass been running around here. Is that why you've been running around here with cowboy hats and blonde hair and stuff like that? I mean, that's even in half naked. I mean, even the country people are like, huh? Like real true country people. It's just like I don't like when white singers come over into R&B and, and all kind of stuff and they don't actually feel the music. They're just trying to get an R&B hit. They don't understand the culture of the energy, of the culture or the energy. Beyonce is faking the culture, faking the look. She grew up in Texas, but she grew up in the suburb of Houston. So much Beyonce. So much Beyonce, you are a person that needs to assess your shit, too. And probably of this is, this is why you haven't won album of the year. Because there is nothing, you try too fucking hard. You think people that were spirit, you think nobody didn't un- know, think you was trying to get an Oscar? What's that song with, 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 which was closest, where she, it was pretty decent? close to maybe getting an Oscar. You think they couldn't tell the song from Venus and Serena you was trying? Your problem is you go into, instead of going into a booth to make a great song and not consider, oh, will you get the album of the year for me? Maybe I'll get record of the year for this. Maybe I'll win the big award so I can have some more accolades so I can look like I'm the biggest thing ever since I spread. I can be the Michael Jackson of my generation with no filler. That's dumb. And that's why you don't ever get album of the year. Instead of going in and saying, you know what, I'm going to just go in and do my best and make a great album. I'm going to make an album or a song I feel in my heart. You know why the song Daddy's Little Girl worked? First of all, it was a lot of, it was other country singers singing with you. But it felt like a heart song. This other shit you're doing, it's annoying. You are annoying. You are constantly trying to move over into lanes where you don't freaking belong. And then you, your energy forces its way to number one, and then you wonder why you tumble down the track. Like you start tumbling. 
tumbling, 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 tumbling. And suddenly, you will you will fail on me record somewhere. And I'll be at the time for a feeding the skin. It's creative because he's decided to be more blessed. He's decided to be a child, please. It's not that. It's because we can feel the force of it. Instead of just saying, I'm just going to make a good record. I'm going to be artistic. I'm going to be creative. Nobody else is going to say this. Everybody else is because black people have a hard time with discernment with people. We we, we, we stay black. We try to push them. Oh, Lord, she black. Why are you trying to keep the black people out of the country? Beyonce, because Beyonce passes a lot of other better country singers. Like, have you heard? I'm telling y'all, K. Michelle really is a cold, dope-ass country. Oh, Lord. Let me, let me tell you, I got to. I got to come at Beyonce's funky ass this late early in the morning because I'm just pissed, okay? But it is what it is. Hold on, let me get, um, let's see, uh, time is it? We got time. Okay, yeah, let me see, uh, uh, He does this out here a little bit of a Beyonce. And it would have been nice, Beyonce, maybe, if you wrote this song, which I don't think you did, but it would have been nice if you really actually gave this song to a country singer or a Kay Michelle or something like that. It would probably be really good for her. She's not sound country at all. She's half naked. She's showing her titties, her ass. And country music is a very conservative venue. But, you know, they have some sexiness to country music, but this is too much. Okay. And so let me, let me see. Let me let y'all hear Kelly Michelle's song, Country, so y'all can see the difference. You'll hear the sound. There's a different sound. Um, about her trying to force her way into country music genre is that it will put 
attention on real black country music seniors who are really good at it, like Darius Rucker, Kate Michelle, who can sing both. They can sing R&B and country. Beyonce can't. Beyonce, you can't. You don't sound that good. You're not a country artist. I don't know what you're talking But you sound good with other country singers because they help you. But And black people have a country tone anyway to their voice. But K. Michelle, do you see that like that? The yodel sound, the turns in the uh, vocals and stuff like that, perfect. Gets it. Gets the country music genre. Okay. Uh, Beyonce, you putting your, your voice over a country beat ain't country. But they don't let you get up here in these streets, billboarding on them, put you number one on some bullshit, okay? I'm just going to be honest with her. And you need to assess your shit, okay? You assess your shit. If you want to really a uh, real true number one album of the year, have fun. Let's go out and say, I'm going to be creative today. Quit trying to be building up facts. The fake Michael Jackson. Are you really the hype Michael Jackson? She's like the girl said, you the Michael Jackson of the generation. No, she ain't, ma'am. You really don't know. You young, I know y'all young when y'all say that this cop of Michael Jackson of your generation because y'all, y'all, y'all must have been living in the 80s because if you lived in the 80s, and you saw what Michael Jackson was, you'd understand that Beyonce ain't no fucking music. Matter of fact, what you'll understand is that all of them are using the marketing concept of Michael Jackson, but they don't have the album sales behind it. Or the numbers. Okay? And it's a lot of overhyped people. They're overhyped. And that's why she's out here selling all these products. Now she's selling hair products. She's selling, she don't talk to y'all unless she want to sell something. I mean, she's damn near mute until she say, could you buy some hair product for me? Can you buy some? Now she's talking all about her hair on Essence. She on the cover of Essence, and she's running her mouth about hair in Essence. Can't get the bitch talking all the time. But now she on here. And a lot of people ain't falling for it. They saying, hey, they're saying it's expensive, the hair product. It's going to sell. It's going to do fit well at first. But then a lot of people are also saying, hey, Beyonce, you wear weaveness about time. Why don't we take what you say? about hair. Even if you have grown out your real hair. Here's the thing about Beyonce. I said Beyonce should go into the weed business. I don't know why she's playing games. But uh and trying to do something sacred or sacred. Beyonce, I need you to take proper assessment, dear. Like really no, to be on under Below the hype. Like I said this about her completely. The hype, like, really take a proper assessment. Like the failures that you've had in the album sales, the failures you've had with uh, Adidas and all these things are saying, you know, what's going on with the failure to not get album of the year, the failure to keep losing out to Taylor Swift. And so you, you, you need to take proper assessment of who you, what you really are. Because what I think is what happens is because you bought into the concept that you're the Michael Jackson of this generation, but you don't have the numbers nor the sales to be a Michael Jackson of this generation. Who's really the Michael, if, there, if, if I say there is, a, there is no Michael Jackson of this generation, but if there's somebody I can compare who has the numbers, it would probably be Taylor Swift, Adele, 
you're really overly hyped, and you know this. And that's not being mean. doesn't mean you're not talented. doesn't mean that you've got great. It just means that you bought into the hype about yourself. You think you're Michael Jackson when you're not. You're more like... I can't even compare. Who can I compare it to? I can't even say the Whitney of this generation. You know who I would say is kind of close to Whitney? SZA. SZA's been on the charts for 16 weeks, for more than 16 weeks with number ones. Beyonce can't even do that. That's how you know Beyonce is, how much of a hype machine Beyonce is. Here SZA was sitting up on the chart week after week after week after week. Beyonce ain't never done that for her to be Michael Jackson. I mean, that's what y'all say out here in the street. She the Michael Jackson. She ain't even the Whitney Houston. I mean, SZA stayed on this. SZA still on the charts and in the top ten or something like that. Beyonce can't sustain hits like sustain a, a chart hit. So I ain't never seen that happen with her. <laughs> I've seen her go number one, but then quickly tumble down. That scissor been up there for the longest. I mean, I caught her Whitney uh, before I called Beyonce. Beyonce ain't got Beyonce's hype, hype machine. Great performer, though. Great performer. But other than that, a lot of hype. A lot of hype. Y'all hype the music. Y'all be hyping. Y'all just be lying. Beyonce ain't number one. How long has been on these shorts? Uh, let's see. Uh, Scissors and SOS could be the first album by a black woman to win top Grammy in 25 years. She didn't win it. It's been 25 years. He'll join the black woman, Natalie Cole. I love you. How long was her? Okay. Scissors, SOS, are strong stand. The album is both commercial and critical success. That's had historic run on the charts. It's reached triple platinum status with more than 11 billion streams. It's been 10 weeks on top of the all uh, genre Billboard 200 album charts, making it the longest num- running number one album released by a woman in nearly seven years on the R&B album charts. It has spent it has spent 56 out of 59 weeks at number one, and the album launched five top ten pop hits, including the number one smash, Kill Bill, as well as Snooze, the only song to spend every week on a Hot 100 chart this year, okay? I ain't never heard no numbers like that for Beyonce. I just mean Beyonce don't sell. Used to sell albums back in the day, like was Crazy in Love. I think it was probably a big album B Day, but it wasn't sitting up at no charts for ten weeks and all that. Where y'all making y'all be up to calling her Michael Jackson of the generation? That shit ain't been happening. Those are lies. That's why Beyonce can't win really the, the album of the year because I think they people really kind of secretly know it in the industry. <laughs> but y'all, 
it's something big in the industry that keeps her, that keeps y'all scared of it. But uh, I'm here to tell the truth. Okay. And I'm asking her to give a proper assessment of her shit. Okay. And and understand why she ain't won the album of the year. Because you hype, Beyonce. You ain't even sit on, on, the, on the album charts. You renaissance got all this hype, went around from stadium to stadium performing, and I get it. But SZA, meanwhile, while you was getting all that hype for an album that wasn't doing well, that really wasn't nobody really buying, SZA was running around here with 11 billion streams, 10 weeks on the album charts at number one, and what was Renaissance on them charts? It was like another 150? <laughs> it dropped all the way down. It just started tumbling. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all got to cut line. Y'all got to cut line, quit lying. Because, see, she done bought into her hype. That's why she running around weird. She thinks she really is it. I've earned my food. I've earned my food. No, Beyonce, you got to take proper assessment. That's why you believe Jay-Z when he got this here. Even if you do with your own lyrics, it don't make that much sense. No, you a hype machine. Yes, it does, Jay-Z. It makes perfectly sense. As I said, my personal opinion, it wasn't a part of the backroom deal. You know it makes perfect sense. What doesn't make sense is you getting your wife getting 28 Grammys. I mean, that doesn't make sense. And people who have had sustaining hits on the charts, sustaining albums, classics, haven't even had that. Crazy to me. Crazy. Nutty. But I, I digress. Not that I don't like Beyonce Hive. It's just that I have to tell the truth. Truth is important. Yeah, so people can understand and assess properly who they are. Oh, Lord. Okay, beef. Okay, what, what, what else I said I was going to talk to y'all about? Chris Brown disinvited to the All-Star Game, okay? Now, Chris Brown was very upset about this and was talking about Russell disinviting him to the All-Star Game. And uh, I'm going to really talk about this. Uh, uh, celebrity game due to controversy. Chris Brown is slamming NBA and claiming he was disinvited from the league's annual NBA All-Star game due to his past domestic violence controversies. This is USA Today. And it says, the R&B singer posted several screenshots of emails on his Instagram story early Saturday morning, which appears to be sent by NBA representative. I was asked by the NBA to play in an All-Star game this year, only for them to call later and say they couldn't do it because their sponsors like Ruffles. At this point, I'm sick of uh, people bothering me, Brown said, before writing that he is tired of living in the past. Uh, in a statement to U.S. Today, Russell said, while their company uh, company uh, sponsored the NBA event, it didn't have any involvement in or visibility to any player decisions or celebrity invite discussions. In a separate statement, the NBA also confirmed that Russell had no input. The NBA, Chris, said that Russell had no input on celebrity game rides. While Brown was left off this year's All-Star roster, the game featured a few celebrities, including Super Bowl champion and Kansas City player McCall Hartman Jr. Okay, let me just say this right quick, okay? Chris, it's not just for Rihanna. I, I, I think you understand that. 
uh, it's not just uh, for, you've had a number of things happen over the years. And there's alleged gang ties, allegedly, okay, that people hear about. Okay, Chris, all these things are keeping you from stuff like that. It's not that people messing with you. It's time you take motherfucking proper assessment. Okay? This, this, this is the word of the day, proper assessment. Chris, what has been going on in your life for the last 10 to 15 years? How much growth have you had since you had that fight with Rihanna? Are you hanging with people, a, a crew that doesn't look so good? Did you keep did you allegedly fight Usher? Was you getting restrainers and artists out here allegedly from women and stuff? You know, all these things you gotta ask yourself because these are because we listen. These corporations know. They already know. They already know. People whispering about you. If your character hasn't had any growth, well, you know the reason they ain't. I ain't got nothing to do with us. You know your ass just ain't grew the fuck up. This is the Rihanna entity. And Chris, the proper assessment is they asking you to do the hard shit. Grow the fuck up. How old is Chris now? 30 some years old? Grow the fuck up. Look at your crown. Look at your in crown. Look around who you look around. Where you at? Look around who you're around. Look at what you do from day to day. How does that help you get into those spaces that you need to get in to become the star that you should have been? How do they help? How do they help? You got to look around, Chris. Look around at everybody. This is how you do proper assessment. Is you around motherfuckers that can elevate you, or are you around some grimy motherfuckers? I mean, you know, it is what it is. And if you move around grimy shit, then you got to say shit, well, yeah. I understand what Russell can all that time. And I ain't willing to change that shit. It's just proper assessment. I ain't willing to change. Am I am I clean in my body and my mind and my soul or am I are people why is people out here assessing that I'm on drugs? Allegedly. Why is people out here thinking that? Because you know how stuff get back to the NBA? Don't play with me. 
Hey, Lo is like, bitch, I've been working too hard. You know how long I had to spend, it took me to spend a block for this mofo? <laughs> According to Yahoo, Jennifer Lopez admits she gets jealous of women who flirt with Ben Affleck, and she sent a warning to ladies who try to get his attention. During the appearance on the Today with Huda and Jenna on Thursday, February 15th, the Mary Meet star 54 played a game called This Is Me Now or Then, inspired by her new album, This Is Me. Now, host Huda Cobb uh, asked, asked her the question, and the ladies and the ladies determined if it described them now or then. Okay, let me see this. Hold on now. Let me look at my time real quick. Okay, I got time. Um, what did she say? What did I do with it? Okay. Okay, I'm trying to find this. I lost my space. Hold on, yeah. Jennifer. Okay. Okay. We'll get back to it. Okay, it says, uh, when Cod asked if she gets jealous if someone hits on your significant other, Lopez frowned and immediately held up a paddle with the word now written on it. She made it clear she was serious about protecting the asset 51 and said, don't play with me, don't play with me, do not play with me. Then uh, Kyle followed up and asked, what would you do if someone started flirting with being? She said, first of all, I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I will let them know in a very elegant and ladylike way to step all, step all the way off, Lopez said. Listen, listen, Jennifer is Jennifer don't work hard, okay? Now I say girl bye. Because ain't nobody paying on to you, Jennifer. But I do know Jennifer done work hard for that man, okay? That man she done spent the block a long time trying to get back to that block of being asset, okay? She been trying she been working hard and she ain't gonna let you girls come up in these streets easily and get her being, okay? She didn't work hard. She didn't work too hard for it. <laughs> Jennifer ain't giving it up that quick, okay? Jennifer is not going to do it, all right? <laughs> Jennifer's like, I am not letting y'all have my baby. This is serious business now, shoot. <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> do not play with me. That's like if I got Disney, I'll be like, do not play with me. We always joking. I'm always joking. My friends are always joking about Denzel Washington. But I say I would, I would risk it. I tell people I don't care if Denzel 80. I would risk it all for Denzel Washington. I'm Denzel. Well, I love Denzel Washington. I love Denzel Washington since Mo Better Blues. So I was like, oh my! I saw him in Mo Better Blues. I don't know what happened. And I was like, Jesus, he's beautiful. And I be saying all the time. I be saying I, I, I beat you up over Denzel. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But yeah, no, yeah, I I get you, Jennifer. You ain't you ain't let nobody uh, mess that. Okay, mess that up. Okay, let's talk about Portia, honey. Portia's husband denied citizenship. Portia, don't tell me you done got with a scammer. Portia, is you been? Portia, that yeah, you got? Is this a housewife? Uh, Cause she getting ready to be back on the housewives. Is this a housewife uh, uh, um, uh, a storyline coming up? 
because Chad says this according to Rolling Out, it said Portia Williams returns to the popular Bravo TV series Under the Cloud of Controversy. I uh, says uh, she returns to the show that made her famous. Her husband is rebounding from another rejection by the federal government to become a U.S. citizen. According to legal documents obtained by the Jasmine brand and the neighborhood talk, Simon Gudea, I always mess his name, was denied American citizenship and naturalization due to his felony convictions for, check this out, bank fraud, credit fraud, fraud, identity fraud, and other legal transgressions that date back to the 80s. The information came to light after Williams' husband filed a 13-page petition in the United States District Court for Northern District of Georgia, Atlanta Division, in January 2024. The civil action filing was regarding Simon Oyer Gubaday against the Director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration. The documents against denied him in July 2022, and his filing last month was a form of appeal. However, the U.S. government reaffirmed this decision, thereby subjecting him to a possible deportation back to his native Nigeria. Williams' husband has has a reported history of corruption. Portia, you better not have got it. Portia, you done went on these streets. Man, we're Fallon. Fallon, Fallon might be the smart one after all. Now, a lot of these choices was in the 80s and the 90s. Now, Simon's supposed to have a lot of money right now, but Simon, how do you get that money? Oh, Portia, don't, don't tell me you don't got with us not A scammer in these streets, allegedly. So much they don't trust them, even though it's from the 80s and the 90s, they still ain't in the me. Oh, this going to be a good storyline on, on, on Housewives. Oh, Portia, girl, you might well stay with the hot dog, too. This is going to be. Boy, I found I'm about to apologize. And after reading some of this. Alan might know what a said. I take my chances with the cool ball. I don't understand. Oh, Lord, this is scary. I understand. Allegedly. Oh, Lord. Oh, my Lord. Portia. Portia, I am hoping for you. Portia, I'm hoping. Girl, I'm hoping it ain't messed up. Mm-mm. Lord, have mercy. Okay. We're going to end this talking about this beef between. Uh, 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 Donnell Roy Rollins won ballistic on com- comedian Corey Holcomb at Laugh Factory. It's been a lot of people, you know, speaking their truth about Hollywood and going off, and it's kind of like the in crowd in Hollywood going against the outskirts crowd in Hollywood. Like Corey Holcomb will be considered that and stuff like that. And Daryl Rollins, I would think, kind of be uh, like a like like a friendly BC lister in crowd or whatever, but they were arguing because I guess Corey Holcomb called him soft or whatever, uh, and Corey Holcomb said some things, said some things about Dave Chappelle kind of not being funny at the last factory and stuff like that. Um, here's what I say. This is why I say where these beats are happening, where you're having more and more people speak out against the system in Hollywood and stuff like that. It's when you put a group of people, specifically black people in Hollywood, and you don't have, and this 
only six gatekeepers. And you only have to go to them. You only have them to go to to walk through doors or walk through opportunities. And it should not be like that. And when you have situations like that, you create um, a kind of fringe, rebellious culture because it's people who don't want to walk through those gates because those gates uh, are, 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 have become explore, ex, exploitive. It's, it's even black people who have become exploitive towards their own people. So I think we're going to see more of these kind of, like, you know, beefing and stuff like that. I may have to do another show this week, y'all, because I got some more uh, stories to talk about. Hopefully I'll get to uh, the show. I won't go into detail about this one and why I think this is a result of gatekeeping in Hollywood, these arguments, these uh, the Shay Shay Club, all kind of stuff like that, and that now people are just getting tired of having to fight to go through the same gates. I mean, you know, to go through certain gates and not being able to uh, have a variety of, 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 of choices to move, be able to move in their careers and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to have more of a discussion about that on the next show, a couple of more, you know, we'll talk about more about that gatekeeping issue, black celebrities, and uh, where I see all this going and stuff like that. So we'll try to do that later on, y'all. But, you know, we're coming to the end of the show because it's getting late. But, y'all, I'm glad that we got to chat it up tonight. Hopefully I will do a show sometime this week. I don't know when we'll figure it out. It'll come. Y'all know how I be doing it. I'll be saying I'm going to do a show, and I'll end up doing a show be all kind of craziness going on and stuff like that, but I guess so, because I got these doctor appointments. We will figure it. We will figure everything out, okay? I'll just, you know, y'all know, because it'll just pop up on the college travel Facebook page, and y'all know I'm having a show. Or for those of you who follow the show uh, through um, uh, through Blog Talk, okay? Okay, you guys. So I want to have a wonderful rest of y'all week if I don't talk to y'all. Have a good one. I'll try to have a part two. But listen, enjoy, enjoy this week. What's, what's coming up? Is anything special coming up this week? I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. But y'all have a wonderful week. We're going to leave out with. I'm trying to think of what I want to leave out with. I don't know. Okay, let's talk about it with business news, okay? It's the CC Show. I am Carolina, and I will see y'all. Bye. Okay, y'all, I didn't realize the sound was messed up. I had the sound on a strange thing. So if y'all haven't been hearing the show very well, I'm sorry. I probably just realized that the sound was off, okay? So, uh, yeah, we may have to have a part two, okay? All right, we need to have a scissors news. I'll see y'all. Bye. I'm so for you, I do that three, but times again I testify for you I sort of like you, that bitch I do it all And I'm around, you're scared to do it. I'm 
Janet's fun, one of my favorite Janet ones. I'll see y'all. Bye. 